Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yes, good afternoon and welcome to uh, another edition of Sports Central on a wet and wild uh, day in Sydney, certainly, and probably wherever you're listening into the show, uh, Saturday 27th of November. Hope you're well. Um, I guess things change a bit, don't they? The rule book changes a bit on, on, on wet days. We might talk about that too, as well as a heap of sport, um, but... Wet day rules. There you go. Wet day rules. They change a bit, don't they, in terms of what sort of food you you might let yourself eat. We just do things a bit differently. Being cooped up indoors, um, activities for the kids, things we do, work. If you're a tradie, wet day rules. Things change, don't they? You probably you probably ditch the tools and and what you wear. You're probably wearing something very comfortable. You know the old tracksuit, all that sort of stuff. Um, that can be one of our topics today. If you want to get involved with the show, uh, the text number, as always, 0457 736 736. Um, wet day rules. What are some of the things you maybe let yourself do on an awful day like this that you normally probably wouldn't do or wouldn't wear? Uh, let me know. You might even want to jump on the open line. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Chris Warren with you. I'll be here right through until 3 o'clock this afternoon, keeping you company, and uh, I'll be kept company as well. We've got loads of guests uh, coming up on the show. I'll, I'll go through that in a little bit. Um, one of the big decisions uh, then selectors um, of the Australian cricket team no longer have to make, well, it's been made for them, haven't they? A huge day in cricket news yesterday, and we'll, uh, we'll hash over that again, and, and you might have your opinion. Uh, but Tim Payne, uh, the decision or the question, if Tim Payne makes the 11 uh, or was going to make the 11 for the first Ashes test against England, well, that decision was made for them yesterday when Tim Payne walked away from the game after the game seemingly offered Tim Payne little support following revelations of the the texting fiasco from uh, four years ago. Will it be the last we see of Tim Payne? He turns 37 on December 8, yeah, day one of the first Ashes test at the Gabba. And I guess there's every chance that he might not even turn the TV on to watch the match. The pressure, the embarrassment, the indignity, it's all become too much. And we must respect his decision and his privacy and that of his family. I think we must also feel that perhaps this could have been handled a lot differently. Cricket Australia was very quick to abandon Tim, it seems. You might have your thoughts on that. Yeah, what we did was, uh, what he did was stupid. We know that. It was yeah, it was poor taste. Um, and it was not becoming of the captain of the Australian cricket team. Yet four years ago, Payne was found not to have breached the game's code of conduct. Yet because this did become public knowledge, well, the governing body suddenly seemed to change its mind and by declaring it okay that Payne remains in the team but not as captain well did Cricket Australia send mixed messages you know that such behaviour was okay for an Aussie cricketer but just not okay for an Aussie cricket captain you might have your thoughts regardless the Tim Payne show is over at least for now and I wish him and his family 
the best. They deserve respect, as I say. They deserve privacy, and uh, they need some time to to work through all of this. I must say, I think this is probably the best thing for the team and also for Tim. It would have dragged on all summer through the five-test series against England, the mocking, the finger-pointing, the, the added pressure, not just on Tim, um, but, you know, indirectly on the team as well. So the chairman of selectors, George Bailey, he got let off the hook too, didn't he? He was facing the unenviable task of possibly telling his good mate and business partner Payne that he'd been axed from the side. Mind you, he may also have said, good luck, buddy, you're in. We may never know. And so we still have a couple more questions to answer. Who wears the gloves in Payne's absence? Who bats at number five? And just how does Pat Cummins handle juggling the captaincy and sending down those thunderbolts to the Poms. Speaking of which, Shane Warne has had a a bit to say about the captaincy, endorsing Cummins, who we now know is the new Aussie skipper. But at the same time, um, Warney took aim at Cricket Australia for allowing Steve Smith back into a leadership role. Now, Warney thinks it's laughable that Steve Smith is allowed back into such a role after Sandpapergate. But David Warner is not allowed to lead his country in any capacity ever again. Now, I don't think any of us really know exactly what went down back then. Who gave the orders? Who was the ringleader in Sandpapergate? I think an investigation found that Warner was the one who initiated the ball tampering plan. And Steve Smith failed to prevent it happening as captain. But this was all wrapped up, wasn't it, a long, long time ago. We've known for a number of years now that the respective punishments for Smith, Warner and Bancroft, we knew what they were, Smith and Warner, 12-month bans, and Warner never to be eligible for a leadership role. Smith could come back into a leadership role after a further 12 months after serving that 12-month ban. So... I guess the point I'm I'm making, this is nothing new. The fact that Smith is eligible to lead the team. Um, And it may not be right, but for Warney, I think it's a bit late now to be crying foul about it. It's not like Cricket Australia has suddenly come out saying, you know what, let's let Steve Smith be eligible to assume a leadership role again. We've known that was the case for a long, long time. What I don't really understand is this, though. And again, you might have your thoughts listening wherever you're tuning into uh, Sports Central today. If Smith is okay to be named as Pat Cummins' VC, vice-captain, then why on earth is Steve Smith not able to become captain? My way of thinking is he's served his time for the crime. He's probably learned a lot over the past few years. The slate, in my opinion, is clean. Let's play on. But I'm not hearing anyone else thinking that way. Well, very few, other than a few of our listeners have sent some texts in and calls. You know, But all the, the senior voices in cricket are all pretty keen to have Pat Cummins as the captain, with Steve Smith as vice-captain. There does not seem to be... Much push or momentum, or nor did there seem to be, 
for Steve Smith to be elevated back to the high role in the game. You might have your thoughts. Anyway, look, I'm sure Pat Cummins will do a great job. We all love Pat Cummins, don't we? He's been given the role. I just hope it doesn't take anything away from his bowling, and I, I guess only time will tell. And the poor old Barmy Army, hey? Spare a, a thought for them. They'd already come up with a number of tunes to take the mick out of Tim Payne, but now those efforts are in vain. Um, still with Cricket 2 uh, this evening, it'll be the final of the Women's Big Bash. Perth Scorchers take on Adelaide Strikers, and the Strikers have done it the hard way. A couple of sudden death matches back-to-back, and they're through, so they've got momentum with them. But the Perth Scorchers certainly finished on top of the table after the regular rounds. In Rugby League, Felice Cafusi, this was yesterday too. He signed on to play with the Dolphins in 2023. So he is the Dolphins' first big catch. Um, who will follow? Who will be next? Will it be Brandon Smith? I see he's been hanging out with uh, the Roosters this week, playing a bit of golf, as you do. I think he's also having dinner at Coach Robinson's house too. Um, so it looks like a race in two for the Cheese. Will it be Bondi or north of Brisbane? And another Storm player in hot water. I can only imagine what is going through Craig Bellamy's mind right now. Tui Kamakamitha has been stood down by the Storm after being charged with allegedly assaulting a woman outside a Brisbane hotel. He is due to appear in court on the 10th of January. Um, so this is what I think. Uh, the less we say about this, the better. Until he's had his day in court, huh? Um we can say this, though, whether innocent or guilty, these are not the headlines the Storm uh, need right now after other off-field incidents in recent weeks or months. In soccer, the Matildas are in action um, this afternoon at the newly named Accor Stadium, taking on the USA, and uh, we're hoping for a record crowd in excess of 33,000. I think they've beaten the USA once in about 30 contests, so good luck to the Matildas. Uh, and you'll be able to hear that call on SEM. Loads of guests lined up for a chat. We'll have former Parramatta Premiership, multi-premiership winning second rower Peter Wynn will be joining us. Chat about the Eels. Um, we'll be talking uh, to Matty Russell too. It's a regular segment now. We decided on the run last week. Going to the gong. Look forward to chatting to, Mus- uh, to Matty Russell. Uh, and he has he is uh, full of muscle. Not six foot uh, four, though. Talking a bit of surfing as well. Um, looking forward to that. To an epic chat with um, well, some try-hard surfer from the Northern Beaches. He's going to jump on the line as well and talk us through what is the latest in the World Surf League, the revamped World Surf League. We'll try and find you a winner or two on what is a, a wet and wild weekend on the east coast of Australia. Um, Rose Hill, it will be an absolute bog. Um, rated a heavy 10, so look out for some mudlarks there. And the biggest race of the day, uh, Caulfield, really, the Zipping Classic. Worth, I think, three quarters of a million, uh, but all eyes will be on the great Glenn Boss. He will uh, call it a day. Spanish Mission is the short price favourite, and I do hope for Bossy that he goes out a winner. So get involved, sit back, uh, pick up the phone, give me a call, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. I'm asking you, what are some of the wet day rules? Wet day rules. What things have changed what is something you might allow yourself to eat or drink just because it's wet and wild? What do you allow yourself to wear? Work-wise, what happens there? And what are you doing? What are some of the things you're doing? Are you off to the movies or the cinema? Are you going to the uh, the 10-pin bowling like Dougie, was doing, Dougie Bollinger did this morning, I believe? And Dougie was telling, um, was telling Joel 
that he ate a, a beef burrito or two or three at about 8 o'clock this morning. So that's not normal behaviour. Do you, get, do you get what I'm saying? Wet day rules, we sort of throw the rule book out the window. Let's have a bit of fun anyway. That text line again, 0457 736 736. This is Sports Central with me, Chris Warren. I'll be here, hopefully with you as well, until 3. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, hopefully, hopefully we might try and put a bit of a smile on your dial. Uh, miserable day, isn't it? It's just horrible. And to think we are only, uh, what, um, well, a few days away from the first, four days away from the first day of summer. Uh, it's quite remarkable that, uh, but you know what? It can only happen in this great city of ours. This is, uh, such as the weather in Sydney, it can be beautiful one day and just awful the next. But it is just, it's one of the worst days I've ever had in terms of weather, I reckon. However, uh, we battle on, don't we? We just, uh, well, we put on the coat, we put on the wellies or the gumboots or whatever. Um, whatever takes your fancy, really. And uh, I was just saying, though, we probably throw the rule book out the window a little bit. And what about if you've got kids, too? That, they go a bit crazy, don't they? Just add water to young kids for some reason, and probably because they're cooped up inside, but I don't know what it is. They just, oh, they just uh, get a bit hyper, don't they? You'll know what I mean. I can, you know, I can see quite a few of you nodding. Oh, and in the car right now. Uh, Mum's stuck at the lights with the windscreen wipers on and the kid's in the back screaming and Johnny's got his, he's pulling uh, Bobby's hair and all that sort of stuff and they won't share their chips and he's got the cheeseburger and he wanted the, he wanted the, um, the McFlurry and all that. Yeah, I know. I know. I know what it's like. I know. And keep, hey, and make sure you clean up the mess out of the car as well. Screaming kids on a wet day. Oh, and nothing. Where do you go? I mean, it's bloody expensive too. You want to go down to the bowling alley or indoor trampolines or the cinema. It's, uh, it all adds up, doesn't it? Do you play some board games? Do they still do that? I don't think kids do that. I tried to encourage my little fella today who's sitting at home or both of them. or throw. My daughter's gone. She's gone. She's out and about. But the boys, I was trying to encourage them maybe to read a book or something, or do some painting or colouring in. No way. No way in the world. Devices. We are living in uh, device land. It's taken over, hasn't it? Device land. Funnily enough, they, uh, <laughs> we was watching uh, YouTube this morning, uh, my youngest fella. I don't know what he'd found on there. He loves watching all the, you know, the fishing shows and um, uh, outdoor shows, survival type shows where you go and you make your own fire from nothing and you, you catch your own your own fish and your, your crabs. But just watching something um, this morning, it was um, backyard cricket. It was an old one, a really old one. It must have been filmed back in the 70s or 80s. Uh, quite hilarious. Backyard cricket on YouTube. You can find anything on YouTube. You Googled my name and something came up, bizarrely enough. I don't even know what it was. Um, but let us know what you're doing on a wet day. I, I, I'm saying the rule book goes out the window, um, but don't let yourself go too much. You're probably, yeah, you, you're not putting on your best clothes either, are you? You're putting on something real daggy, that pair of tracky pants that have got a hole out, out the backside, but they just fit well and comfy, or the jeans that you've been wearing for seven days straight, you've just thrown them straight on because you're not really going anywhere, so you don't need to dress up, yeah? Ladies, you, you're not going to put any makeup on today, are you? No, just give it a miss. And what about foods? Do you sort of let yourself go a bit? I probably do. I I try and eat pretty healthily, but a wet day like this, you know what you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm feeling? The hot chips. 
hot chips are a winner every day, Mum. With salt and vinegar. JP, just as the piece is in the house, he's nodding away over there. Have you got a sort of favourite food that, I mean, you're in pretty good shape, pretty sort of good nick. You look after yourself, but on a rainy day, do you sort of let yourself go and give yourself a treat that you wouldn't normally have? It's one of those days you've got to spoil yourself and you might as well do it today. When That's what it is, isn't yeah. it? You're spoiling yourself because the big fella upstairs is is, is watering his garden with a, a high-powered hose. <laughs> so he's not spoiling us. We're just trying to make ourselves feel a bit good, a bit comfy. Well, I'll say this. I'll look at this in the other way too. I think of this rain as a free car wash. Yeah. With the wipers on fast. Yes. True. True, yeah. And what about the lawns? I'm telling you, I can actually sit there and I can see, I can see my lawn growing <laughs> in front of me. It's this thick, heavy, soft, bouncy I don't know if it's cooch. I don't know what it is. But, like, I, I mowed it last week when I had a day and it was not raining. And it's back again. It's already gone straight back up to sort of midway up the chin. So it's just, just grown up in a way. It's week. growing. Oh, boy. And not only the grass is growing, I've got a bamboo problem. Yeah, I know. I know. Bamboo problem. So please explain this one. Yeah, I'm like a, a panda. Well, so the back, over the back, right, they've got this big, you know, they, people grow bamboo to have these mm. petitions, so they grow really tall mm-hmm. and give themselves privacy, which is fine. I get that. I get that totally. But the problem is the roots of the bamboo, right, they have grown underneath, I'm sure, through the soil, underneath the back fence, down into our backyard. And where I've got the kids trampoline up the back of, of my yard, um, bamboo shoots are just taking over growing up even underneath the trampoline like they're almost pushing through the trampoline and when they're little shoots i can pull them out but after once they get about two foot high i can't even pull them out of the root so now it's taken over mate bamboo shoots growing everywhere and it's now they're even coming through my lawn i know i know yeah anyway you've obviously got more problems than i've got out there listeners um but let, let me know in terms of wet weather rules um, what are some of the things that you might let yourself do just because it's raining? Okay. Uh, we've got loads to look forward to. Uh, we're going to take a short break in a mo, and I'm going to uh, Chris Nelson, uh, form analyst from SEN Track. He's been on the line the last couple of weeks, and he will be honest, and I will be honest and candid. He hasn't really come up with much. Two ways you can look at this. The bloke can't tip, or... He's had a couple of bad weeks and he's due to find a winner. He may well have a mudlark for us today at Rose Hill. He may have something in Caulfield. He may have something in Ascot. We'll get Chris Nelson on the line. This is Sports Central. Jay McDonald on very elegant uh, winning the Melbourne Cup. And uh, thank goodness it did because uh, I couldn't find a winner to save myself. But that race there, it sort of kept me going for a few days. Uh, However, now I uh, reluctantly inform... um, our listeners, and, and to Chris Nelson, who's on the line, that my betting account um, is very, very low and not much, not many fun tokens in there whatsoever. Chris joins us on the line now. Uh, good afternoon to you, mate. How are you? I'm going well, thanks, Chris, and I'm sure that today we can uh, get some more of those tokens into your account. Mate, I bloody need some. I really do, mate. <laughs> if I ever needed more, it's, it is today. Spanish Mission was in that race as well, and Glenn Boss is on board Spanish Mission. I just want to start with Bossy first, mate. It's 
uh, and you've been around the game for a long, long time. Um, it's been a, a remarkable career for Glenn Boss. He's he's one of the best jockeys this country has ever seen. Um, looking at these stats in front of me, uh, in excess of $200 million in prize money, 2,406 wins with still one meeting to go, and that is today. 90 wins at Group 1 level. And, of course, uh, he was he was the hoop on board Maccabi Diva, 2003, 2004, 2005, winning the Melbourne Cup. He joins uh, Damien Oliver, only Damien Oliver, George Moore, Roy Higgins, Jim Cassidy and the great Hugh Bowman have won more um, Australian group ones than, than Bossy. What's his greatest strength, do you think? Ooh, his greatest strength? Well, I think that's in the stats. If you look at those 90 group one wins, 15 of those group ones have come at the Randwick Mile. So there you go. His strength was obviously the Randwick Mile. He's won the uh, Doncaster seven times, and he's mm. won the Cox. Well, obviously the Cox plate you mentioned. But, yeah, the Doncaster seven times. I think another strength was to get on the right horse and he could ride light. He's a natural lightweight. Mm. So he could often pick up those rides that the other jockeys were too heavy for. Uh, and that was a big feather in his cap. So, yeah, amazing. Three Melbourne Cups, four Cox Plates, two Golden Slippers, an Everest and a Golden Eagle as well, plus a whole mm. lot more. So a fantastic career. And he's ridden in Australia, Singapore, Japan, Hong Kong, Dubai, New Zealand and Macau. And he's ridden winners, sorry, in all of those uh, particular countries. So good on him. It's not bad, is it? Not a bad CV. Boy from Gimpy. From Gimpy. Did, uh, it, yeah. it came a little bit out of... I mean, you're across racing more than me, but was this sort of expected? No, I didn't mm. expect it at all. I think it was very, um, very sudden. The last thing I expected. So it came completely out of the blue. But uh, look, he wasn't getting a lot of rides. That probably didn't help. And look, he wasn't... When you're not getting a lot of rides, you're obviously not getting a lot of winners. You're not getting on the right horses. And there comes a time when you think, oh, well, maybe this is not going to turn. I've had a good run. Mm. Uh, I can do other things with my time. So I'm sure they had a lot to do with it. But no, I certainly wasn't expecting it. Oh, well, Bossy, I'm sure he's got plenty of fun tokens uh, in his account after <laughs> a remarkable career. You're saying not getting many rides, and I'm just perusing, very scanning quickly the meeting at Caulfield today where he is on uh, in race seven, the, the Zipping Classic. We might even just start there. Boss on board, Spanish Mission. Um, and I, I think that's his only ride. Ten, nine races. Yeah, I'm just looking myself. Yeah, you're right. It's the only ride I can see for him. It's, it'll be a good way to go out mm. uh, winning a, uh, a Group 2 on your last ride. So let's hope he can get the job done. And you'd think that this horse would be far too good for the opposition. I mean, third in the Melbourne Cup. Mm. And if you go back and look at the previous run, he's run second uh, behind that uh, world-class horse Stradivarius at, uh, at uh, York mm. in a Group 2 back in August. So it should be lengths better than these. And the price, unfortunately, for the mm. punters reflects that. Yeah, I wonder if it's and and you can, he's going to put every single last ounce of petrol he's got into this ride too. Uh, he'll carry it over the line. Uh, you would have thought maybe and maybe it might be an anchor. Well, yeah, definitely so in quaddies and things like that. And you know he's a bit of a showman, uh, mm. bossy. So you can bet your life if he's uh, in the clear on the line, he's going to be out of the <laughs> out of the saddle, standing up. <laughs> Who knows what he'll be doing? He could be standing on his head for all I know. But he'll be he'll be playing it up. There's no doubt about that. Well, even if you're not <laughs> having an interest in that race, it will be worth watching. Uh, one of the all time greats. One of the all time greats to uh, go to the finish line. So we can't we can't tip against a Spanish Mission race no. seven boss on board final race. We will stay at Caulfield. Then, Chrissy, if we can, I think you've got a couple of others. Race five? 
Yeah, just a couple of value here. Race five, number one, Quantum Mechanic comes out of a couple of group ones at uh, her last two starts. And she hasn't been disgraced, the Turak and the Cantala. She's back to something a lot easier here. Mm. And under the set weights and penalties, she looks quite well placed. Uh, she should be carrying a little bit more weight against some of these. So I think each way, definitely each way, though, race five, number one, Quantum Mechanic. And in the Guineas, the following race, race six, group two, number six, Cardinal Gem for Graham Begg and Jordan Childs. Just caught the eye running on uh, really well at Flemington. Mm. And that was on, uh, that would be Oaks Day, running on nicely on the fence there. Just gave away too much start after a poor getaway. Uh, the effort was good. Up to 1,600 metres, I think, would suit Cardinal Gem. So another one to back on an each-way basis. Okay, so Cardinal Gem race uh, six, number six, Cardinal Gem. And, and you've got to hope you get each-way odds, too, with uh, with these two as well. And race five, you like Quantum Mechanic. Again, just outside uh, each-way odds at the moment. So you, you should, should be right there. Uh, but Spanish Mission in race seven, uh, the zipping classic there at Caulfield. Now, it's dreadful conditions, has been all through the week. Gold Coast has been scratched, correct? Yep, the Gold Coast is off. Uh, we've got a couple of feature races, or we were set to have a couple of feature races there. Uh, the Recognition Stakes, which has been carried over now to next Wednesday at Doombin, and the Eureka Stud uh, Phillies and Mares race, that's a listed race also, is going to Doombin next Saturday. And the two-year-old race, which was worth 125000 is going to the Sunshine Coast next Friday night. So mm. we still get those good races. It's always a bit of a lottery, isn't it? Or throwing throwing darts at a board when it's been tipping down like it has. However, some yep. some people don't mind it because they can sort of uh, find a, find an unknown that does seem to like the wet. Heavy 10, Rose Hill. Um, the meeting, you want to stay away from most of it, I think. But race seven, you might have something. Yeah, well, our uh, premier trainer up here, Tony Gollins, brought down uh, Tambo's mate, number two, race seven, number two. And he's in really good form. And importantly, he just grows an, an extra leg on the wet ground. He loves it heavy. Mm. Uh, his last start was a win at Doombin. He scored a nice run there and he was too solid late. Now, it all pans out beautifully for him today on the map. He should get a lovely run once again. And he's got J-Mac to do the steering. There's no uh, issue there. That's a, that's a massive positive. Mm. Uh, I think Tambo's mate can make it uh, three straight wins today. So he is favourite. He has been well supported. No surprise in the conditions, but... I think he can win. So race seven, number two, Tambo's mate at a soggy Rose Hill. The other, um, the other horse favoured there too, and I don't know if it's been scratched, but I think it's still racing, is Snap Dancer uh, with McAvoy on board too. Um, first, up yep. after, first up for him um, uh, as well. No, uh, no wet track form. That's the query That's there. That's the query. That's the query. All right. No, I like that. I like that. Uh, one last two starts, Tambo's mate, uh, J-Mac on board. I'm happy to go there. Uh, what else we got? Uh, nothing at Kembla takes your fancy. Over at Ascot, there's a Group 1 a bit later on too. That'll be, um, well, could be well, well be the get-out stakes. Well, I think there's a, be a lot of painting at Ascot today, being such a big day. 36 degrees, I believe, in uh, Perth today. So Beautiful. it'll be a warm day on track. Yeah, this, this race eight, this winter bottom stakes, the Group 1, I think the stable mates have it between them. Two elite street. And the other one there, number 16, Will Chino. Now, they're different sorts of horses. Will Chino's a speed machine and comes through some uh, restricted races into this group one, whereas Elite Street will get back off the speed, run on strongly. Is the winner or the current champion who did win this race last year, came in off uh, restricted runs, but this time comes in off group and feature races. So Elite Street, 
I think he'll be the one chasing down Will Chino late, and I've just got a feeling Elite Street will get there in, in the nick of time. Okay, all right. Well, that uh, does me okay nicely as well over there. Anything else you might like across the day, Chris-O? Yeah, there's uh, Ipswich race eight, number six. We are on a heavy 10 at Ipswich, and I'm not a fan of these heavy tracks, I'll tell you, but uh, this mare looks to be better than uh, most in this. That's race eight, number six, Virtuous Smith. She'll have to cop probably around even money for her, but she's racing really well. And Toowoomba later on is a soft seven track, so not as much rain there. Race two, number four, Moto Miss for the apprentice, Angela Jones. She's riding really well. This mare is going great guns at the moment. She's going for three straight. I think she can do it as well. So race two, number four at uh, Toowoomba and race eight, number six at Ipswich. Okay, beautiful. Um, so I'm going to ask you then, um, best bet of the day, and it doesn't have to be, you know, in uh, tomato sauce odds. Uh, what do you think? What do you think is the best bet? Best bet anywhere, and it is a short, a shortish quote, probably around now. I, I could give you that. That's race five, number three at Ascot. God has chosen for Willie Pike, but a little bit too short. So let's make it uh, race seven, number... Did I say that one at, um, at Rose Hill? I'll grab the right page here. Race seven, number two, Tambo's mate. I'll stay loyal to the Queenslanders. Stay loyal. All right, champ. Well, hopefully you, you've helped us. Um, you've helped me get a, a couple more tokens back in the account, Chris. O. And, and I said, you know, uh, earlier on that you, you, your form over the last couple of weeks hasn't been great, and you, you'll be first no, it to. Hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be first to admit that. But let's hope we, we might come up with something today. Take care, mate, and uh, thanks for joining us on Sports Central. Anytime, Chris. Have a good day. You're a champ. There he is, uh, Chris Nelson, uh, form analyst for SEN Track. Yes, it is. Coming up to 22 minutes to 1 o'clock. Chris Warren with you. I'll be here up until uh, 3 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, JP is in the house on the buttons over there, and he's he's almost learning on the run, but he's doing a, he's doing a sterling job. Um, and good to have him in, in, in the studio with me as well. Thank you very much, Chris. And I wish we could say to, it's not a good day, just, again, not to be outside. So you, you would come in here and, and do it almost and not get paid because it's just that's, – that's right. They're wet weather rules. You do stuff you don't normally do. And you're saying you would be quite happy to come in here, and I hope the boss is listening, um, just to keep dry. And you don't mind – you'll volunteer your services to stay out of the rain. Absolutely. Well, there you go. I've suffered, I've suffered enough during the wet this week. Well, there you go. Hutchie's just saved himself a couple of hundred or whatever you're on for the, <laughs> the next couple of hours. Uh, keep those texts coming through, by the way. Um, and I was asking you, and just to lighten things up a bit, what are some of the, the wet weather rules? You know, things you do differently when it's uh, tipping down like it is today. Um, things you might not normally eat or drink or wear or do. Wet weather rules. Um, text line 2, 0457 736 736. Uh, keep them coming through. I'll get through as many as I can. Uh, Steve from Padstow says, G'day, Chris. I wasn't a fan of Steve Smith getting the vice-captaincy role, but now he is vice-captain. Well, let's get on with it. Everyone should get a second chance. I agree with you, Steve. I don't know why he's vice-captain. Why is he not bloody captain? I just don't get it. He's served his time. He's learned a whole lot. But there seems to be a real reluctance to elevate him any higher than the VC uh, position. Anyway, what would I know? Let me know what you think as well. Very shortly, we're going to the gong. We're going to talk to Matty Russell about all things sport and more.
Yes, it is. Coming up to uh, almost quarter to one. Chris Warren with you up until three o'clock this afternoon here on Sports Central. Don't be uh, shy. Get involved with the show. Uh, join the conversation or spark the conversation. Give me some topics to talk about if you want to. I mean, there's plenty happening in the world of sport, though, isn't there? 0457 736 736. You might have your thoughts on Steve Smith uh, being able to be vice captain, but um, that's as far as it goes. I'm scratching my head. I Look, I can certainly understand uh, Pat Cummins. He'll do a, a, a wow of a job, I'm sure. But for how long? And will it detract from, from his ability as one of the best spearhead pace attackers, attacking bowlers in the world? You might have your thoughts on all of that. Uh, still on the on cricket and, and the, 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 um, the Tim Payne saga uh, coming out last night. Well, the, the woman at the centre of the sexting scandal, um, that prompted the resignation of, of Tim Payne, has now filed a sexual harassment claim uh, against Cricket Tasmania in the federal court. So not against Tim Payne or his brother, but against Cricket Tasmania. Uh, her name, I don't need to give her a name, actually. She's 47 years of age. Uh, she has revealed that she complained about sexual harassment in the office prior to her decision to resign from a job. Uh, but the prior complaint did not relate to Tim Payne or his brother-in-law, but it was about another man in the office. So um, Payne has obviously, as we know, admitted to, to sending texts to the woman, including pictures of you-know-what, um, but it was always stated that that was consensual. So uh, there you go. Look, it's 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 messy. It's murky any way you look at it. And I think, I think the right decision has been made by Tim Payne. Um, I just think it would have been dragging on right throughout the summer. So we move on, and, and, and I wish Tim Payne and his family all the best. They need their privacy, and uh, first and foremost, he needs to, to look after his, his mental health, all right? He's done a, a wonderful job, in my opinion, in trying circumstances when he was very much thrown into the the furnace um, after another scandal, wasn't he? Joining us on the line uh, now, um, and this fellow, he steers clear of all sorts of scandals. He's as clean skin as they come in the world of sports media from Fox Sports. And these days, a very big part of the, the SEN stable as well. Matty Russell from the Gong. Good afternoon. G'day, Chris. That cupboard is padlocked shut and God forbid anyone ever open it up. It's a few skeletons, but let's not go into them. The closet? Okay, no, yeah. Just make sure no one finds the key. Uh, he who hasn't sinned uh, shall cast the first stone. Mate, uh, well, let's 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 start with the cricket, mate. First of all, I haven't spoken to you since all this all this happened, um, and there's so many angles to this story. Firstly, a, a week ago, Tim resigned from the captaincy. Then it was okay. Will he be named in the team? And then we had George Bailey with the conundrum: Can he axe his good mate and business partner? And then it's the whole captaincy. Now Pat Cummins is installed. It goes on, and Steve Smith is the vice captain. On Tim Payne, firstly himself. Um, I don't think he was given much support by the governing body. No, I told you last week that I think he had to stand down from the captaincy. That was the easiest and quickest decision he had to make, surely. Now that he's walked away from more cricket, yesterday when I heard that, I thought totally understandable. And from where I sit and look on without knowing how Tim is mentally, I thought to myself, that is the right move to get away from all the public glare, to look after yourself and your wife and your family and deal with what will be an ongoing story given these harassment claims that you've mentioned. So mm. I think that Tim Payne has done 
everything right after doing so much wrong via text in 2017. When it comes to the captaincy, I love Pat Cummins, the boy from Penrith, a fast bowler. He ticks so many boxes, doesn't he? The one mm. box we don't know whether he ticks is as a high-profile test captain. We're about mm. to find out. I don't buy into the argument that no fast bowler has done it since the 1950s. Ray Linwell, well, someone has to go next. Richie Benno did it as a bowler, albeit a spin mm. bowler, and a very unique and remarkable human being. But unless some bowler goes next, we will never know. So let's do it. Let's do it with Pat Cummins. He as I mentioned, tick so many boxes. Let's see if you can tick the one that matters most. But as I said to you last week, mm. what is Steve Smith doing there as vice-captain? Now, this is nothing against Steve Smith. He has paid a heavy price for his indiscretions yep. sandpaper-wise in South Africa. However, he's either captain of the test team, clearly he would be the standout candidate without mm -hmm. the sandpaper incident, or he's nothing at all. You can't give him a leadership role without giving him the full-blown captaincy. Now, through my eyes, why isn't he just there as the quasi-captain, a mentor, if you like, without the VC beside his name, just offering thoughts, mm. guidance, assistance to the captain and vice-captain when required? You do not need to officially give him the VC. For me, it would have been Pat Cummins, and someone like Marnus Labuschagne, you might come up with some other contenders. But I think they got the Steve Smith one wrong. If he's going to be vice-captain, I would have made him the full deal, make him captain. Well, we're, we're singing from the same hymn sheet. I don't understand it. And I, I'm listening to all the, you know, the former captains. And, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of a groundswell of support for Steve Smith to be the captain. And I'm not quite sure why. I don't know what happened in Sandpaper Gate. None of us really know what happened. I just get the feeling that there might not be a real strong appetite to have him back leading the team ever again. But, but then if that's the case, don't exactly. make him vice-captain as exactly. we are in agreement. So, and here's the thing. Let's say the argument is, oh, it's an eye to the future. Well, well Steve yeah. Smith's 32. He, he could play test cricket for another four to five years. And if your argument is that, okay, well, he has committed a horrible sporting crime, but then again, he's been stripped of the captaincy. He's been publicly embarrassed. He's, he's done his time. made to suffer financially. He's done his time. Send him back to the captaincy at 32 years of age, knowing for the next yes. four to five years at least, he can lead this nation with Pat Cummins as, as 28, only four years younger, his vice captain being groomed to take over when Steve Smith so chooses to stand aside. So I don't, get, I don't, I don't get quite it. understand that. I don't get it either, Matty Russell. I really do not get it. Our listeners might have some thoughts on this as well. You guys might get it. It's just not ringing true to me. I don't understand why they steered clear of Steve Smith for the for the little C but gave him um, the VC. And some people, I was talking to a couple of guys around the office here too, they're saying, well, maybe it might have been a bad look for Cricket Australia to, to reinstate Steve Smith after what went down um, quite a few years ago now. Well, but it's, it's Look, gone. Look, every country, be it Pakistan, be it South Africa, be it England, have had unsavoury, dark chapters yep. in their sporting slash cricket history. Australia is no different. And you could mount a case that, well, here's the redemption continuing. Exactly. He's paid a heavy price. Yeah. Give him the captaincy. It would be a thin-skinned, weak-spined governing body that said, oh, we're not prepared to go the full distance. We'll just give him the VC. I, I, I can't understand that. Mm. All right, Matty Russell. Uh, I haven't had the, the show go down there in the gong. Saturday's in the gong uh, for our, our, our listeners in that area. How was it? Show three, Cold was it? Cold Saturday in the gong. We broadcast live from Wollongong Golf Club, the 19th, a fantastic mm. venue down there. But 
the only golfers that were playing joked with me saying, we're the blokes who want to stay away from our wives because it was windy, mm. it was cold, it was wet. It was a little more like the middle of August than the eve of summer. And I know that's the case across the Eastern Sea. Well, it doesn't feel much like summer at the moment, Chris. Really, no, it doesn't. Well, I know. It's just crazy. But only the Eastern Seaboard could bring this weather on, you know. It, it, it's quite remarkable. Um, you can have almost four seasons in one day in this, this great city of ours. Uh, I was just asking our listeners too, wet weather rules. You know how you change. You might eat something. You might let yourself go. You might do something because it's raining. You just make excuses. I was thinking yeah, too. Cheap see, toasties. Cheap toasties, yeah. Cheese toasties, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're wet yeah, weather. Yeah, yeah nice. wet weather. A couple of them for lunch, you know, golden brown on the outside, big oh. melted cheese pouring out of the inside. I'm, I'm mm. going to rip into a couple of them. You can burn your tongue, though, can't you? If you've got tomato in there, you can burn oh, your tongue. Oh, and it's no good for my cholesterol. Apparently, I've got to lower so, the cholesterol. Well, so, tomato's not going to hurt yeah. the cholesterol. The cheese will. Oh, no, I don't put tomato on it. It's oh, the cheese. Yeah, me no, too. No, nothing to dilute. <laughs> I'm no good. My cholesterol's up, too. Our listeners might have high cholesterol too, but uh, look, that happens, mate. I was thinking of that 19th hole at the golf club and it just sort of drifted away there. And this well, is Well, mate, you... let me tell you, there are blokes when we broadcast at, at what hour? when I get there. Well, at 7.30, I got there last week and again today. Last week, there were two gentlemen not playing golf, not going to the races later on, but into their second and third schooner True. at 7.30. Now, they, they could have been shift workers. So let's, let's forgive them. Today, there was a table of men at about 10 past eight, not game to go out in the weather to play golf. So about 10 of them around a long table drinking. Oh. Yep, you guess it. Schooners at 10 oh. past eight. It's a long Saturday after that, Chris, isn't it? It's a <laughs> long, long They day. really are bending the rules. I was thinking maybe I could, at that hour, do a, a, a sort of a Bloody Mary, you know, sort of a bre- <laughs> breakfasty type drink. Hey, mate, just with footy, uh, we, we, we'll let you go in a mo. Um, I'm getting the, the wind-up here by the new panel up. He's, he's really uh, really throwing his, his weight around this studio. Um, Parramatta are being accused of sort of low-balling players and, 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 and letting players go, and they're losing a few, a few good men in 2023. How must Parramatta fans feel? Like they'll be on the schooners at 7.30 and 8 o'clock this morning. <laughs> Nothing's Knowing changed. that Reed Marnie... Isaiah Papali'i and Maratha Niakore are all going to be playing for the Eels next season, but then leaving in 2023. So they've signed with a new club more than 12 months before they'll actually play for that new club, the same as Viliami Kikau and mm. Luciano Leilua. We are seeing so much of it. Now, is it just because of the Redcliffe Dolphins, or is there more to it? I suspect the latter. I think we'll see it continue in coming years, basically. As soon as you come off contract, that is... 12 months prior to your contract expiring, you can then negotiate and announce your de- mm. desire to join another club. Uh, you know, and it's, if it's going to happen, I think we'll see more and more pushes to change this scenario. All right, Matty. Again, mate, thank you for joining us. Up next, I'm going to try and get hold of Peter Wynn, Wally Wynn, an old mate of mine, and uh, talk more about the Parramatta situation. Enjoy uh, the rest of your Saturday afternoon, Matty Russell in the gong. I'll enjoy my cheese sandwich and toasty. Sports gear. Peter wins score. If you don't score here, you'll never score. <laughs> Wally Wynn joins us uh, on the line. Haven't spoken to you for a while. Peter Wynn, how are you, buddy? I'm very flattered by that introduction, Chris. 
Great to hear your voice, mate. Thank you for that. I'm yeah. so flattered. No. Yeah, great to talk to you. How you doing? Yeah, good. Good, 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 mate. Um, we'll talk Parramatta in a moment. We're, you're up, uh, what, balling away about to get a flight, are you? Yeah, I'm heading back to Sydney. I've just been up here for a few days, having a bit of a rest and trying to recharge the batteries, I suppose, one could say. Just plenty of resting up, Chrissy. So um, just with a little bit of health problem that I had, I find it good to get away every now and, yeah. then and just try and get, get myself back into that groove, so to speak. How is the health? You, you, you're going good? Yeah, good. Yeah, no, it's still been a slow sort of recovery. Really, you know, really knocked me about when it happened. Like, you think you're strong. You think you're invincible, but you're, you're really not. It's that little um, vessel in your chest and that heart which keeps everything in perspective, I suppose. So mm. certainly any tips out of your listeners, get their heart checked, whatever they've got to do to make sure everything's fine there because I actually had no idea I had a problem and caught me off guard but fortunately I saw the right doctor the right cardiologist and Bruce Walker so yeah. I'm fighting back fighting back <laughs> uh, take us through it mate if you don't mind I mean we, let's talk about this because it's, it's a real serious issue for, for you know men of, of all ages but around about our way or my age too I'm around the 50 mark and you're a little bit older than me but you you, you, you live a very active lifestyle like I do I think you swim every day like I do you, you eat pretty well you might like you know, the old wine like I do, but um, everything in moderation. <laughs> this was a few years ago, wasn't it? How, how, or more recent than that, wasn't it? Yeah, May this year. May, May this year. Four, four, May this year. I, was, I, I don't know, about three weeks ago, I actually had the heart attack, Chris. I had this um, pain in my chest, and I thought it was um, heartburn. Yeah. So I just went across the chemist and got something for heartburn, but the pain didn't go away. But within 24 hours, it had... And so I said, oh, it must have been half doing, you know, but then three weeks down the track, that same pain came back, pain down my arm, pain across my stomach, mm. across my forehead. I just, the sweat was amazing. I just collapsed. So I was, I just had no fight to it. I just surrendered to what was happening to me, you know, not mm. just being to the gym, you know, from a cup of tea and doing the 100 kilos bench press that you seem to not be able to let go of. And uh, I was just very fortunate. My wife was there with my grand, my little granddaughter and she was able to get me to a hospital and they tested me and, I'd had a heart attack, so I spent the next seven to ten days in hospital. Yeah, and they worked out. I had a couple of blocked arteries and put the stents in, and I got things pumping to get the blood moving through my body correctly again, as a, you know, as, as it should. And you know, so it's just a matter of time and recovery now. But actually, that question you asked me, how did it happen? I don't know, Chris. Mm. You know, like it's it's all genetic, I suppose. But it happened, and I've just got to you know put up with it and get myself right back to what I was before. So following the right diet and following taking medication and so on. So yeah, no matter, but, it's a, but to those people listening out there, if you think you've got anything wrong with a ticker, don't be afraid to go talk to a doctor because they're all, they're all over it. They know exactly what it is. And there's no clear rule as to what the heart attack is. But the pain I had, as I said, I, got, I didn't really read up on it or know any difference between having a heart attack or just having heartburn. That's how simple I can bring it down to. But mate, I got through it, so I'm still here to I'm still here to arrest you, your brother, and your father. Okay, whenever I see you. <laughs> so you haven't had to modify <laughs> things too much, then, huh? Oh well, I've just eased back a bit. I mean, I mm. was swimming two k's a day and I was lifting heavy weights, but now I'm just concentrating on cardio when I go to the gym. You know, I just mm. I stick to a good diet, which I had a good diet anyway. Yeah, I was yeah. doing everything right. It was just just that builder. My father had a heart attack when he was 51, and I was always aware of that. So I thought, you know, I was yes. keeping an eye on things, but. Good, I'm on the guard though, Chris, unfortunately, but, I'm, but it's probably, I'm lucky that um, I have the right people around me to get me through it. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good, mate. Oh, God, you, you're scaring me a bit. I had a bit of heartburn a few, a few. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm, I, I swim a couple of K a day and I had a bit of heartburn a few weeks ago and it sort of went, away, went away. But um, oh, I do want to go so and get one of those CT scans. Sorry? I wanted to get one of those. 
I think. Um, yeah, they... well, I'll, I'll, I'll add the angiogram. It gives you the, let's you know what the build-up of plaque is in your arteries, and that's the big thing. That's the thing you've just got to determine more than anything, I reckon. I mean, I had all the stress tests. Yeah. I had, you know, every other test. You can imagine there's nothing there, but when they check for the, you know, for the plaque build-up, that's the thing that I think, from what I've got out anyway, and that was the thing that I neglected a little bit, and that's that, that sort of shows, yeah. you know, the risk of having a heart attack. Well, that's that's the angiogram, and and I'm, we're going down a different track, but I think it's good because it's it's a real good topic that we're talking about. So I I was just talking to Matty Russell um, down there at the Gong, and and he's got high cholesterol. I've got high cholesterol as well, and you may well have high yeah. cholesterol, but not have any blockages, so you're good as gold. But I guess it's when you've got that build up and the high cholesterol, uh, that's when you could have some problems, maybe. It's the type of cholesterol. It's- you know, that you've got the high one in. There's a good and a bad cholesterol. That's the mm. thing you've got to look into, Chris, you know. Mm. So that, and that's the one that builds up, that, that builds that plaque up in your in your arteries. And there are tablets mm. I take now, we won't allow that to happen again. So yeah. maybe I should have been on them earlier. I don't know, but now they're there and I'll be sticking with them pretty vigilantly. Don't worry about that. No, good. <laughs> All right. Um, as I'm talking to Peter Wynn, by the way, um, Peter Wynn from... Uh, do you know what? I always thought, and I, until I started reading up last night, I always thought you were part of that 81 grand final team. You were injured, weren't you? I was in the club. I joined the club in 1979, and I played 79 and 80, and then I re-signed with the Eels in 1980. I got a phone call from Jack Gibson, and Jack mm. said, I'm finally going to coach you, eh? <laughs> and I said, oh, Jack, I said, oh, Jack, I've re-signed with Parramatta. And he said, so have I, because Jack tried to sign me for the Rabbitohs back in 1978. Ah, right. <laughs> yes, right. So when I got that phone call, I mean, he dropped the penny and said, no, I'm, I'm coming to Parramatta. So I was so dedicated. I was so pumped up to playing under Jack Gibson. It's uh, yeah. one of those things, probably the strongest bloke, as I could have been any time in my career. In the second game against, uh, we played against played in the pre-season final against the Roosters and then knocked off Newtown in round one in 1981. And in the second round, we played against... Uh, the Bulldogs had um, come and over, and I snapped the cruciate ligament in my right mm. knee, Chris, and um, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was yeah. just such a shock to me. I spent the next 12 months off the field with this knee injury, and I ended up with golden staff and everything, everything you can imagine. And I spent I spent grand fighting playing the 81 grand final. I sat up in the grand with Jack and Matt, and they were sending me down to get pies at half time. <laughs> that was the closest I got to the game. Oh, God. Which is, it was, it was good, good, good to celebrate with the team, but unfortunately, yeah. uh, certainly didn't run out. But yeah. um, injury got the better of me that day. But uh, what a great win it was back in 81. Yeah, but you made, so you, as well. you made up for it, though. You won grand finals in 82, 83, and 86. Not many people, Wally, can say they're a three time premiership winner, you know? So it, it doesn't happen very often. But it was, they, were good, they were the good old days in blue and gold. Have a good old days. Had a good coach there too, and Jack and Jack yeah. knew how hurt and how you know what sort of impact it had on me getting hurt. And you know, he said to me, he said, "When you're fit, I'll always start you." That was yeah. his big mind with me. Every time he saw me, when you, when so you're of fit. course I worked hard to get this knee right and get myself going again. And sure enough, you know, he got me a, got me a start in those couple of grand finals that went under his leadership after that in '82 and '83. So yeah, yeah, very fortunate. Great, great memories. And then you're under Moni, weren't you, John Moni in '86? I think. John Murray, yeah, yeah. In 86. Yeah, well, John, John joined the club with Jack in 81 and um, learned plenty. He was a good mm-hmm. coach himself, great player in his own right as well as he played with the Sharks. He was a very successful coach up at uh, Woi Woi and then comes down and they had the reins handed him in 84. In his first year, we got to the grand final, but were beaten by the Bulldogs. 85, we got to the final, beaten by the Bulldogs again. And then in 86, we beat the Bulldogs in the 86 grand final. So... Manny's a very smart coach. You know, he, mm. he had a lot of attributes, a lot, lot, of, lot of positives about him. 
and having those two guys under the guidance of those two guys was certainly very fortunate, you know, in post life sort of work as well. Mm. And then, and after after retirement, Wally Wynn, he started up this business empire out there, Church Street Mall, <laughs> called Peter Wynn's Score with Mark Asif way, way back when. And it was my very first place of employment. So I would have been a 17-year-old, 16-year-old, and uh, you took me on, didn't you, Wall? And I, I became your best shoe salesman or thereabouts. I think Matty Ad- Adamson lays claim to that title too. No, Chris, you're always etching a fine memory, one of the greatest, greatest shoe sales. I don't know how I ever let you go. It wasn't one of the smart leads. And look at me, mate. I've kicked on. Hey, I've kicked on since. But they were good old days. Well. They were good old days. There. And, and your business is still going well. That's when, that's when retail is retail, Chris. The customer comes in, you're battling, you're yep. giving every sort of the best service you can, can give, and hopefully they'll return. And of course, it's gone on now. Mm. We've been there for 30, how many years is that? 33 years? What? Well, long time. Yeah. And our business is good. It's, uh, it's, when I say good, we've been impacted on two. I was getting hit by a Les board in one head, side of head. And, yes. And I suppose two of them, the other with the, uh, the COVID impact, and of course, with the light rail being built out in front of the shops. So, mm. certainly, has been very challenging times for us. But um, we're still there, we're still chipping away. I guess, you've, I guess you've had to sort of evolve a little bit, haven't you, um, and, and change the way you've, you've, you're doing things, like a lot of retailers have, have you know, are moving into more digital um, sales, yep. that sort of stuff? It's a big part of your business. Unfortunately, that thing does exist. I mean, with COVID, if we were locked down, there was no such thing as online, well, you'd just be bankrupt, kicked out the door, and, you know, you'd, you'd be cactus, so to speak. But that, that's been an evolution there. But, where we're located, Chris, as you know, is such a good spot halfway from the Parramatta Railway Station out of Parramatta Stadium, or as they call it, Combank Stadium now. So we're in a great position for the weekend games, and which certainly gives us a lift to what the business we might miss out on during the week. But, you know, with what's been happening as well, that's, that's, like you said, that's changed as well. So a lot of impetus on digital marketing, and then, you, know, mm. you, you get the rewards from being um, focused on that. What's the vibe like around Parramatta? And I guess you can probably almost measure that directly in terms of uh, volume of sales for the blue and gold jersey. Well, Chris, you know, this year, well, we're close, weren't they? That game against uh, Penrith, that was there. That yeah. was, the longer that game went, the more, the more confident I got. But unfortunately, it came down to, I suppose, a missed opportunity to, to score. I mean, I think uh, our little halfback was taken out of play, which might have warranted a penalty, but it didn't come. But... The longer that game went, Parramatta were in that game right to the end. But then, of course, they were the premiers, premiers so they probably deserved to win that game and win the premiership. But you know, the fans are hanging out for a premiership, Chris, 1986. Mm. I and mean, that's when air was in fashion a long time ago, as you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're hanging out. They're hanging out, of course. So hopefully you know, something can come to fruition next year. I keep saying that every year, I suppose, since I've been in business. Because I can just remember what 81, 82, 83 and 86 meant to the fans. Like getting back to Parramatta League stuff. Mm after we won those grand finals, to see the crowds there, the masses of people. Look, I'd love to see that repeated for the younger generation who missed out on all of that. That was probably the most exciting 24 hours yeah. of each of those years you could have in your life, just to see what it meant to the fans. It was, it was amazing. Well, so, yeah. Anyway, was, let's hope it happens. I was one of How them. How old were you then? I was 11. I was 11 when you won your first 11. one in 1981, and I tell the story. I remember going back to Parramatta Leagues Club and um, – um, my dad sort of smuggled me in, but we had um, late, God bless his soul, Joe Joseph. His truck was out the front. Remember Joe's truck uh, with what those? Nice yeah, truck. and uh, we used that, and, and the team came up one by one, and you could not move. It was just jam-packed out there on, on O'Connell Street and then back up into the auditorium. Um, the whole room was – it was rocking. You would have been upstairs with your father. Yes. How big was that when they called our names yes. one by one? 
I just blew the head off the shoulders, you know. Oh, I couldn't see a thing, it, Wally. I was just like getting squ- <laughs> I was getting squashed up there. At 11 years of age, as long as you didn't have a screw in each hand, no. a screw in one hand would have been okay. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> wow. Well, but but, but to, point, your, to make your point, it was just unbelievable, the winning your first ever premiership. And um, fans these days, many of them, probably a lot of them, have not experienced it. I wonder why it's been so long between drinks. I think it just shows how hard it is to win a comp. Yeah, you know, like I know mean, everything came together when when the Eels were going, well, 76 and 77, we've lost two grand finals, didn't we? And we're yeah. so close, you know, there was, there was nothing in it. Come down to a, you know, maybe a drop rule or maybe a penalty or whatever, or maybe a missed goal that cost us the grand finals there. But certainly uh, everything's going to be going right for us throughout the season. You've just got to be in a position to strike. And I think we were in a position to strike this year as well, but just didn't happen on the day. And I think when it comes to the big games to get to a grand final, you've got to just want to die for your teammates. You've got to want to die for your fans and for your coach and just put everything on the line. Because that door doesn't happen that often, you know. So, you know, when you get one day, when you get one game away from the grand final, you do that for the rest of your life. You don't get into it, and, and then, you know. So let's hope it does happen for the players who are involved with the Eels at the moment, and, and you know, for the next few years. Do you think they'll that... never? They'll never. They'll, sorry. No go, mate. No, so because they, they don't. If they haven't experienced it, they just don't know what it's like. I know mm. when I came, my first year was in '79 at Parramatta, and my brother Graham won the grand final in St George. And, I was very happy for him, but I was just so dejected that I didn't get the experience of enjoying the exhilaration. I went back to the St. George Leafs Club that night. I saw what it meant to the fans that yeah. night, you know, but they had to wait my turn. So, you know, I just had to buy it. The players realised what a big part of your career is to win a grand final when you sit back and think about it. It's such a big, a big, you know, a big moment. That was a 77. So that was the drawn grand final. 70, no, 70, 79. 79. 79. I was there yeah, at 79. Yeah, I was there at 79, yes. but not the replay. I wasn't allowed to go midweek. Had to go to school. 70, yeah, 77 was the drawn one and the replay. 77. Course, yeah, so I, yeah, I was there. Yeah. I was there at the SCG, a seven-year-old. I remember the seat I was sitting in. Yeah, the, the northern end. <laughs> Can you believe it? Northern end. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paddington Street end. So uh, do you think they've got the current crop of players, Peter Wynn? And coach to, to win a premiership? Maybe they were one game away from the grand final this year, weren't they? I think they have. I think as you look at next year's roster, why can't they learn from what happened this year? I'm certain that all those players who got knocked out in that, that game against Penrith certainly must have got a sniff, you know, that of what, it's, you know mm. what it takes to win a game like that. And perhaps they can, maybe that's all they need to go to the next level, you mm. know. So I certainly think on paper, the 2023 side is. You know, I don't know where they need to improve in any area, but no, the, the, the roster is pretty good for me for next year. For next year, it does, and the club is being is is yeah, the club is being criticised um, from a lot of fans uh, because they're letting some good players go. The likes of Reed Marnie is the latest. Um, Isaiah Papali, Murata Nikore also going. Um, they'll be going in 2023 to different clubs. Um, I guess that is what salary cap management is about, though. You. You can't have all the good ones, and sometimes you've got to let some go. But do, do you think the fans are, are right to be critical of the current administration in letting some of their key players go? Look, it's, isn't it? I come from a different era. I mean, when I signed for Parramatta, you know, I had offers to go to other clubs even when I was at Parramatta. But I was more about, I mean, the money's always important. We can't take that out of the equation. But I just think when you're, if you're comfortable, if the clubs look after, you know, there's got to be a little, a little feeling of uh, giving back what's got you in a position. Uh, and the, the football club gives an opportunity to chase your dreams. I know little Reed Marnie there, he's, he came down and joined the Bulldogs and came to Parramatta. I know he'd be chasing the dream of getting that 
uh, Queensland Maroons jersey or get, get an Australian jersey. So I think the fans at Parramatta, maybe they're missing the opportunity of seeing a young bloke come to the club, improve himself and go on to bigger and greater things. But, you know, he's got to look after himself at the end of the day. I mean, you, as I, you, you touched on me missing the 81 grand final. I mean, Parramatta won that premiership. You know, and I had a great season leading up to it in 1980, but one game, second game of the season, mate, I was gone. I didn't play. So I, was, I had to then fight my way back in to get a reasonable sort of contract. So, mm. you know, your, ne- your next game could be your last. There's a lot in it, you know. And I think the players have got to, It must be tough on the players, though, because I think Reed and I met all these guys. They're such good blokes, you know, Isaiah, yeah. what a player he's been for us. And Marathi. So it really comes down to them uh, making a decision. It can be tough, but I, maybe money rules the risk. I don't know how they think. But I certainly know in my day, I wasn't going anywhere. I was, you know, <laughs> you know, I was happy to stick with Parramatta. I even tried to get my brother over to, to, to Parramatta, but the same thing with him. He wouldn't leave St. George, and he stayed for one reason, because he had one year to go get his life membership. And he yeah. stayed and got his life membership, you know. So yeah. all these little things do play in your mind. And, funny, isn't you know, it? Yeah, it's hard. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's a, it's a different sort of ball game now. Yeah, but, but he did leave. Started, he did we, leave, didn't he, Gray? Gray, he did leave because he came over and played uh, I played a couple of games with him at, at the Magpies. Yes, yes, yes. Well, the thing about that, you know what happened there? He didn't take the offer up in Parramatta. He stuck at St. George. And then the following year, after he got his life membership, he got tough. And yeah, then he, he tapped on the shoulder. He was tapped on the And Warren uh, Ryan picked him up at Western Suburbs. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot in, lot in the place. And got to play alongside Chris Warren. The That's it. Booker. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Righto, Wal, mate, thanks for jumping on the line. You've got a flight to catch, so don't you, uh, don't you miss your flight. Great to talk to you, mate. And, I, and I'm, great the, I'm glad the health is in good order. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Mate, good luck with your future career. It's awesome talking on SEN. Appreciate it. Hey, Karen, in 2022, the Eels will come through. Oh. Uh, there you go. And if you don't score here, <laughs> you'll never score. <laughs> there he is. Peter Wynn from Peter Wynn Score. Yeah, just on that. So, Reed Marnie. So, he's gone. We know that. And this story, too, in the Daily Telegraph today is saying, basically, he's he's going to Canterbury in 2023. Uh, he'll be getting $100,000 more than what uh, he was offered at Parramatta. Parramatta's final offer was around the half a million mark for the season. But their original offer was only a low ball offer, you might say, around the 400 mark. You might have your thoughts on that, Parramatta Eels fans. Uh, great to chat there to Wally Wynn. We'll talk some soccer next. Bernie Abedi's given the Mariners a new lease of life. Here's the corner. Back into the danger zone. There's Abedi. It's in the back of the net from Adam Kwasnick. The Mariners have scored. Yeah, Adam Kwasnick, and he is about to join us on the line. A very good afternoon, Adam. Thanks for taking a bit of time out, mate, and joining us on Sports Central. How are you? Good afternoon, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. I'm glad to be on and, you know, excited for for this afternoon's round of uh, A-League games. Yeah, and you'll be warming the tonsils up. You'll be calling that one tonight, I believe, uh, the Sydney game against MacArthur at Cogra. We'll touch on that in a moment. Um, calling that with Steve Allen, aren't you? Last night, mate, um, pretty scrappy game, wasn't it? Western United won, beating Perth Glory nil. That was at uh, at Amy Park. I, I was looking at a little bit of it, sort of out of the corner of my eye while I was doing last night's show, but it, it didn't look like the, um, the highest quality of game. Yeah, and you sort of expect that, Chris. Again, uh, I guess, uh, you know, the early rounds of the league, I mean, both teams, uh, you know, still you know, somewhat getting to know each other, getting to know the new coaches' systems and what have you. So, yeah, it was a bit of a, a scrappy game. I thought both teams had clear-cut opportunities uh, to, to score some goals. Uh, it wasn't to be in the first half. And in the second half, um, I thought Western Western United had to 
had the better of the chances and they were able to take one through the substitute Dylan Wenzel Halls. Um, it was his first goal of the, mm. the season for his new club um, and it was a good uh, win for, for Western United moving forward. Um, John Aloisi, you know, he, he hasn't had the best track record um, with, with a number of clubs in the A-League, but mm. he got a, a, a good first up win um, against Perth Glory. Yeah, good on John for that. And, and, and Glory, I'm just reading this here, they're now winless in their last 10 uh, A-League games away from home. Um, yeah. So things, yeah. Yeah, they got it all to do as well. They've got a, a fairly big road trip. And, and what I mean by that, they're, they're in a bubble. Uh, obviously, the, the league split up into a couple of different conferences. And they're away from home for a fair period of time. Uh, last week, they had a draw against Adelaide United. They've got a, a few players out. I think it's key that they get the likes of Keogh, um and Daniel Sturridge. We didn't see him at all last night. Um, don't know what the plan is for Garcia and his coaching staff there, but they need to get these attacking plays to help the likes of Fornaroli to create and score goals. Mm. Um, moving on to Wellington Phoenix, uh, playing uh, your former club, the Mariners. That's down in Wollongong. So Wellington, they return to their, their I guess, is their home away from home, um, isn't it? And the Mariners, they're, they're flying, aren't they, after uh, beating Newcastle Jets 2-1 in last week's F3 derby? Yeah, look, I was I was pleased with both of these uh, two teams last week in their in their first round games, but you could say that Wellington are the Mariners' bogey team. The last seven games, the Mariners have only won one. That was the last time they played. They had a two 0 win at home, mm-hmm. and the last six after that were Wellington wins. So somewhat of a bogey team for the Mariners. Um, that being said, you know the Mariners are, are on a high after after the Derby win. Um, you know, a lot to look forward to with some young players coming through with Nick Montgomery's team. Um, I'm hoping with my head and my heart that the Mariners edge out Wellington in this one. They are on a, um, I think it's a 12-game unbeaten runner in the A-League, aren't they? The Phoenix. So uh, what, what were you tipping? What's the result? Well, head and heart, yep. Mariners. Uh, you know, you, you're right. That, look. Ulfi Talley, the, the Wellington mm. coach, he's done a remarkable job with them. Um, they've got quality players all over the park. And uh, I think the key for the Mariners is to, to, to try and uh, keep that momentum going from that derby. There was high energy in that game and uh, it turned out in their favour in the end. But those young players really need to step up and continue to do, deliver for, for Nick Montgomery. And Adelaide United, they play Melbourne City. So the Reds return to Cooper Stadium to, to face the champions. Uh, City, what happened there last week? They scraped past Brisbane Raw, didn't they? 2-1. And Adelaide had a one-all draw with Perth in round one. Yeah, look, I think I thought Adelaide were good value against Perth uh, last week. And City, well, their title defence started really, really well. I keep harping on about this Melbourne City attack. It's almost mm-hmm. like a Socceroos attack. you got Matt Leckie. Andrew Naboo and, and McLa- Jamie McLaren. Um, just fantastic strike partnership all along that front line. Um, I heard Scott Jemison during the week. He's not phased by having a target on their back. They're somewhat used to it, he reckons. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of belief in that squad. And I think um, it's going to be hard up against a good Adelaide team, as you mentioned, at home back at Coopers. I'm tipping a draw in this one. And then uh, the game you're calling at Cogra then later on, um, Sydney FC host MacArthur FC. So both sides, um, both looking for their first win of the season. Yeah, look, again, MacArthur, impressive last week against Wellington. They only got the draw. 
Sydney, yeah, not so much. It was a derby game, typical derby game um, up against the Western Sydney Wanderers. Look, despite Sydney's dominance over the last few seasons, my biggest concern with them is they're not stuck in their mm. ways, but they're heavily reliant on Milos Ninkovic. He was outstanding last week. He's he's on the other side of 30 years old now. He's getting a little bit on. It's key for them to really have a little bit of variety up front. Um, I, I just felt that they heavily relied on Ninkovic last week. And if a team sort of man-marks him or, or takes him out of the game, where to for, for, for Sydney FC? I'm going to tip MacArthur in this one. I think that's going to be an upset. They beat him last, last year. Uh, so I'm tipping the same result again, a 2-1 win to MacArthur. Ooh, upset on the cards. Now, Luke Bratton out for, for an extended period with that ACL. How big a blow is that for Sydney FC's chances this season? Yeah, I think it's huge. Um, you know, he, he's been key for them over the, the last number of seasons. Such such quality and dominance in the middle of the park. And then you've got Bobo. He's still to come back as well. He mm. scores plenty of goals. Look, there's still a lot of quality in the Sydney FC team, don't get me wrong, but um, I thought they were a bit stale, um, albeit for the first round last week, and I think teams are catching up to, to their tactics and, and what they do really, really well. Um, Milos Ninkovic, as, as I mentioned, is a big part of that. Um, if you stamp him out of the game, you go a long way to getting the points against Sydney FC. Mm. Um, I was just looking here too. So The Sky Blues have won their last six games, haven't they, in the A-League uh in a row at, at Cogra, but you rightly point out, uh, Adam Kwasnick, that uh, their last loss at Cogra was actually uh, to MacArthur FC, and you're tipping uh, MacArthur FC to win that one, 2-1. All right, okay, we'll see. We'll see uh, We'll see later on today, uh, tonight even. At um, well, formerly ANZ Stadium, now a core stadium, a big night for the Matildas, Adam, um, taking yep. on the USA, and this is a team I think we've beaten once in about 30 occasions. What are our chances? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're the world's number one team. Look, I, I think, you know, you, you talk about USA um, in these couple games coming up and Brazil, which the Matildas faced uh, a little earlier this this year. I think it's a great prep for, for next year's Asian Cup. Some quality opposition. Uh, the US, they're obviously full of quality right across the board. They've got such a strong league over there in the US. So they, they, they pull from, you know, uh, all these players uh, playing regularly uh, professional football. They're going to be hard to beat. That being said, uh, Sam Kerr, new lease of life, the fact that she's been given the captaincy. And there's been a real emphasis on defence for the Matildas. That's what's really impressed me. They're not leaking uh, silly goals as they've done in the past. They've really tightened up that defence. And I'm expecting a real tough game tonight. I'm going to tip a, a nil or draw. Nil all draw, okay. Uh, but you think it'll be an entertaining, hopefully an entertaining uh, nil all draw if that that is the case. I was looking at you, Adam. So you, you played almost 150 games at the Mariners. So obviously you've got a real soft stop, soft spot for them. Um, you also yep. spent time, didn't you, with um, with Wellington Phoenix? Now that you're sort of you know in the media and you have been for a while and, and broadcasting with SEN, um, hard to be impartial when you when you've got one of your clubs that you're working on. Yeah, in, in particular, the Mariners. <laughs> um, I don't know if you heard uh, last week's call, but, uh, you know, we, we were standing um, in the media box uh, yeah. for, for majority of the game, and it just exploded in the end. And, you know, uh, it's a club that, you know, I, I helped build. I was there mm. from day one. Um, they've got a, a very big place in my heart. And it was great to see the success that they had last season. Um, and hopefully they can continue it this season. Wellington, the other team, it was a brief period there. I enjoyed my time there, 
uh, both my wife and I. Um, but it didn't turn out from mm. a football sense the way I would have liked it to. But, um, yeah, the Mariners, for me, um, onwards and upwards, and hopefully they can have plenty of success in the future. And you would have won some silverware, wouldn't you, under, under Graham Arnold back in your time? Yeah, Graham Arnold, um, obviously. Uh, Did you see him as a future future Socceroos coach way back when? Oh, look, uh, Graham Arnold, um, I think there was always that hint of him wanting the national team job. He was obviously mm. there before um, he went to the Mariners. Um, he's, he's got mm. a lot to offer. Um, you know, I've got a lot of time for him as a coach and a man manager. He helped me through some tough times, as he did for all the players. Um, and, he, and he turned us into a championship winning team, which was the most important thing for, for the Central Coast and the fans of the Central Coast. Mm. You started all, all the way, way back when. Um, uh, Parramatta Power, wasn't it? Or Blacktown before then. So am I assuming that you're a Western Sydney boy? Yeah, I, I grew up in Penrith. I played all my junior football in, uh, at Blacktown City Demons. A wonderful club. Um, and then, yeah, I had a couple of stints when I was very, very young, 16, 17 years old in the old NSL for, for Parramatta Power and Northern Spirit. Uh, then there was a period in football in Australia where there was no professional league. So they had about mm. a 12-month um, and everyone went out into the workforce. Um, and then the A-League was created and I was fortunate enough to get a contract with the Central Coast Mariners uh, under Laurie McKenna and yes. uh, pretty much history. Yeah, yeah. I'm betting London to a brick then. So if you're you're from sort of Western Sydney, uh, you yeah. will have, I am sure, right? Tell me if I'm right or wrong. You will have set foot into Peter Wynn's score on Parramatta's Church Street Mall at some point. I sure have. That being said, he is a massive <laughs> man. Yes. Um, and I'm a Panthers man, but I have made my way in their fantastic sports store. Uh, but it is in enemy territory yes. when it comes to the league team. Yeah, good, good, good. All right, mate. Hey, Adam. No, well, it was my first place of employment. It was uh, as a 17 or 16-year-old. I was there with, with Wally yeah. Wynn uh, selling selling sports shoes and uh, may have even served you, Adam Kwasnick. Mate, uh, good luck with the call tonight and thanks very much, buddy, for, for taking a bit of time out and having a chat on Sports Central. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. There is Adam Kwasnick. Good fella, isn't he? I've never spoken to, to Adam before. Really nice, nice fella. Knows his stuff inside out, as you would um, expect. And you can hear that match uh, later on today. Um, Sydney FC against MacArthur FC at, uh, at Cogra. So tune in uh, for that one. Keep those text messages coming through. You know the number. If you don't, here it is again, 0457 736 736. Um, you might like to talk about all that's been going on in the world of cricket. Steve Smith with the VC next to his name. Pat Cummins, the, the top dog these days. Um, who should keep? Who should bat at number five? Um, Jason says Alex Carey should be the wicketkeeper uh, to replace Tim Payne. Um, and it was a good decision by Cricket Australia to choose Patrick Cummins as the Australian Test captain. Jason goes on to say uh, it's good to have Steve Smith as vice captain. Uh, to help out Pat Cummins. And he thinks uh, Travis Head should be at number five uh, for the Aussies. So thank you, Jason. Um, P.S. Those are the answers to the questions that I was posing earlier on. It's coming up to 24 minutes to two. We'll take a short break and back with more. And 20 minutes to two. Uh, Saturday, what's the date today? 27th of November, just a few days away from the start of summer. Look out the window. Look out your windscreen. Keep your eyes on the road if you're driving. And I guess it's going... Um, intermittent uh, wipers. That, I mean, do you know like the speed to have the wipers on? Is that a constant 
a constant struggle or challenge for all of us drivers. What speed to have them going at. And by the way, Gibbo's joined us in the studio. Gibbo, thanks for coming in. G'day, Chris. G'day, JP. Yeah, I feel like... Do you ever go on the full high-speed one? No, always, regardless of how rainy it is, I just go always on the slow one. The it's same sort of slow. soothing. Yeah. I feel like that might reflect your well, personality it's a bit like, sometimes. A bit like a pendulum. You don't yeah. want to get hypnotized and fall asleep at the wheel. Have you, have you, you know how you get that weird screeching sound? When oh, I, I, I had it in my car during the week. It oh, was so annoying. Because your blade was coming off your wiper blade. It's, like, it's the sound of, you know, oh, Chris, you probably would know, like the teacher's like scratching on the whiteboard going. No, no, why wouldn't I know? We didn't have whiteboards when I was there. It was on the chalkboard. Chalkboard, sorry, yeah. The green, uh, the blackboard. Board, yes. You wouldn't have had a blackboard. No. You would have had whiteboards. Whiteboards, yeah. Oh, I can't stand chalk. Yeah, well, that that is a. Thanks for this, guys. This is well. I can't stand chalk. What are some of the things, listeners, that really <laughs> irk you, bug you? I cannot stand picking up chalk. Why have we started to talk? Why are we, why are well, we talking about I, chalk? I knew as soon as I came in this studio, the conversation <laughs> without me having to do much was going to go down an interesting. So this turn. came from windscreen wipers, wipers yeah. yes, and then went to annoying. I sounds. asked you, does it go? Do you ever have on full speed? And you said no, just the slow one, which could put you to sleep. And then irritating was, yeah, when the blade's coming off, yes, scratching, yeah. the, that's awful, isn't it? Mm. What about the surf this week, Chris? It's, oh. Have you been ocean swimming? I know you love to get down there in your budgie smugglers. Went in today. You been, went in today? There was no one there. You're brave. I didn't go in there surf. No. But even going in the pool was brave. Yeah. Mate, it was freezing. It was bloody awful. But I've got to do it because I'm OCD. Yeah. So well, I have to swim every day. It's, it's interesting to go down the beaches, and I, I was actually in Bondi yesterday, and to look out at Bondi Beach and not a single soul. No. Crazy. Was it empty? No pommies? It was empty. No, no palms? Pommies. I think they were all no, at the no Beach soap Road dodges? Hotel. Soap dodges? Soap dodges. Yeah, they were at the Beach Road <laughs> Hotel as well. <laughs> but um, Was Teddy there? No. James Tedesco. I think he's um he might be on a ban list for a little while. Okay. What's been making news today, Chris? Oh, it's all just cricket, 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 really, isn't it? There's a fair bit of um, disgruntled Parramatta fans out there as well. That's a big loss. Low ball and a few of their players and the, the administration's copping a bit of flack. And, but it's one of those things. You, 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 you can't, well, they're keeping the same squad next year, Parramatta, but then there are players that are going off for, for, for better money, namely Reed Marnie, who's a really good pickup for... For Canterbury, we were having the chat the other night, uh, me and Mad Russian, I think it was, and he was saying, where do you think Reed will go? And I said, oh, well, if he's had spring rolls with Gus at the Chinese restaurant at Belmore but Leagues, well, you, you can bet your bottom dollar he's going there. How excited must Bulldogs fans be? Because, you know, they've had back-to-back wooden spoons. You're a Dogs oh, fan, are wooden you? wooden spoons, but... Yes, JP, I am, Chris. Justice. They've been, they've been poor for Wish a few years. Wish I'd known that before we employed you. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, there's a bit of hope. There's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Joke. And Reed Marnie... Coming to the dogs is going to be an exciting signing. But Mate, oh God, look, you know, they are serious business, but they won't have much in their cap to spend. I, I think I read they might have about 600,000 or 800,000 left in their cap to spread across about 15 players well, I've, for 2023. They're trying to get rid of Kotrick and Luke, Luke Thompson. They're offering up to other clubs, which. See, Thompson's overpaid, in my humble opinion. I yeah. don't know what he's on, but he's on about eight. Yeah, Hungy. right. Well, it's hard, though, because they tried to a get prop? him when they weren't playing too well. So they were trying to buy anyone they could. And mm. he has played good games for him, but I think... Kotrick hasn't probably delivered what he was delivering at Canberra. He's 24, 23, though. He's still, he's still young. young. He's, he'll go back to Canberra, probably, maybe. Um, and the other player, and he's still very, very young, is Kyle Flanagan. Hasn't really 
delivered, but maybe he hasn't been given the chance. Maybe he hasn't had a, a good pack of forwards to play off. Yeah. I, th- I think maybe the watch is still out on Kyle Flanagan because he's, he's a talent, no doubt about it. I, I don't know many halfbacks that could have changed some of the fortunes for the Dogs this year after their forward pack was getting beaten. When you're down by 40 points, I don't know that Flanagan's mm. going to do too much. But I thought it was, sort of thought he was a bit – it was tough for him at the Roosters because he played quite well in that side. And, mm. and I thought he did a pretty good job. But obviously the Roosters saw something they didn't like. All the Roosters, the they, well, they saw someone coming through, Sam Walker too, didn't they? And yeah. um, Well, it worked out pretty well for them. Yes. Good so, to see Luke Keary. It's all it's a, it's, a, it's a science, isn't it? It's a juggling, balancing act, being you know, recruiting who to keep and who to let go. You know? Mm. know when to fold them, know when to hold them. Almost like you should get a recruitment guy on, Chris. When, today? Whenever. I thought you usually get um, Skull? Canberra, Mulholland. Skull, we can get Skull on. If you want to get Skull, get Skull on tomorrow if you want to talk some recruitment. Yeah, well, it's they an had Peter O'Sullivan on, um, didn't you? Yesterday, yeah, yeah. The day he, before. Well, Felice Cafusi signing to the Dolphins. What do you, do you make of that as their good first player. signing? Yeah, yeah, good player. Good player. And he'll still be you know, relatively in his prime. Is, is he a player, though, that other players would see and think, damn, I want to mm. go to the Dolphins? Mm, yeah, he's up there. He, you he, think? He, well, he's a kangaroo's back rower. He's, he's up there. He's a state of origin player. Um, He's a damn good player. Um, Who else will go there? I think it's inevitable that, uh, well, Smith Brandon is going to, well, either there or the Chooks. But he's been playing golf and whining and dining. He's on a bloody good trip, isn't he, at the moment? He's going to whine and dine. He wouldn't be paying for much at the moment. You could do that. Schoolies week too, isn't it, coming up? Yeah, I saw that. Talking of trips, I'm just thinking way back. My schoolies week was up Cavill Avenue, Gold Coast. Did we do it for a week, did we? Yep, seven days. Do you know what? And we're, we're totally, this has totally got nothing to do with sport. Talking of school this week, right? And so you're, you're, you're in your 20s, right? You're in the sort of mid-20s, young 20s. What are you? How old are you? Uh, 25. You've asked me right this on. last week yeah. as well. So you haven't changed much. You haven't had no. a birthday since last no, week? Not last week. So I'm double your age, right? I'm double your age. So school is week. So I remember way back when I had school is week and went for a week. Mad Russian, okay, so he does the higher ground program with me, and he's a bit younger than you, Gibbo. He's um, he's 23, I think he is. Last weekend, he took his lovely girlfriend down to the south coast um, and they had a great few days down there, left me on my, my own up here. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. He said it was very <laughs> romantic. I didn't know, but it was actually a reconnaissance mission, sort of a recce, because he's going back there next week for a whole week, right, with 15 of his mates, the same 15 of them, they've been going away for school this week for the last seven years since they graduated from high school. Really? They can't let go. Well, that's down the south coast, is it? Yeah. Say? 15 oh, blokes. Mate, I'd be going a straight week. to Gold Coast. Straight a, to Gold Coast. A week's too long. I was trying to say it's a week's too long. I've done end-of-season footy trips. Three yeah. days is too long. Three days. Uh, by the third day, then you're you thinking, okay. putting the penicillin in. The antibiotics. No, for the sore throat, I mean. Exactly right. Uh, cricket. You love your cricket. We're going to talk some cricket anyway. We'll take a quick break. Are you going to stay for a little bit longer? Yeah, why Chew not? the fat with you? I'll chew the okay, fat. Okay, this is Sports Central, 12 to 2. Yes, indeed. Eight minutes to two. Um, wet and uh, dreary, miserable conditions here in Sydney town. Um, that doesn't mean our entire listening audience is from Sydney. So it might be nice where you are because you could be on the on the SEN app. You could be in Tahiti. Oh, the where? On the Kezi app. On the Kezi, yeah. yeah. On the Jalisa. Jalisa, yeah. Jalisa app. I thought she was going to be hosting this morning with on the Mowers Club. 
Yeah, we there was a no, um, no last show. minute no not a no show. There was a last minute change of plans. Crook. I think the rain the rain sort of came through and what well, didn't come to work because it was raining. No, 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 Jaleesa was all good to go. It was oh. just a last minute conversation. Okay. Anyway, but Pat Cummins, test captain though, Chris. Thoughts? I don't. I, I still don't get it. I really don't get it. And I, I'm a bit of a lone voice on this. I, well, not really a lone voice. I just can't see why they are. Why they've put Steve Smith back into a vice captaincy role? I just don't understand it. If he's if he's eligible to hold any leadership position in the team, well, surely he should be first picked to be captain. Or are they saying, Steve, you will never be captain of this team ever again? That's a great question, Chris. Well, what do you think? No, I I don't know. I think just because of the way Tim Payne had uh, well, stood well, down. Well, well, I don't get it. I don't. He's done his time. He's served his time. Um. It could be a great redemption story. All about he the is optics. no doubt all about the optics. So all you're saying it. it would be a bad look if Steve Smith was reinstated to captain given what happened in South Africa and Sandpaper Gate. Absolutely. Why? I mean, he... Hand he, up. Yeah. I oversaw it. Yeah. Mostly we believe it was Davey's, Davey Warner's idea, but Smith let it go through to the keeper. It happened on his watch. Hand up. Tearful press conference, remorse, genuine remorse, 12 months out of the game, a further 12 months out of any leadership role. He's done all that can be asked of him. And he is, obviously, he would be clearly the number one choice leader in terms of the most experienced. But, okay, if he's never going to be captain again, why on earth give him the VC role? I think it's the show support to Pat Cummins. So he has an offsider there he can trust, I guess. But he could just be a, a silent partner, a, a quiet mentor in the team, a senior figure that Pat could lean on. Yeah, true. But I also don't think there were many other candidates. Like Manus Labuschagne's name was sort of tossed about. He's quite young and still very young in his career. Nathan Lyon is a, a lock in the team every every series. No one's yeah. ever mentioned his name. Oh, yeah, a few people have been floating it about. But yeah, you don't really hear Nathan Lyon. I think it was a good decision. Mm. Optics, Chris. Optics. You love your optics. I do love my optics. You love your. We might, if you're sticking around, we might talk some surfing as well at some point. But I mean, you're probably busy because you're a man in demand and a very busy social social scene on a, on a Saturday. So we're lucky to have you. Thank you. All right, this is Sports Central with me, Chris Warren, and I'll be here for another hour. With the fifth pick in the 2021 WNBA draft, the Dallas Wings select. Chelsea Dungy from the University of Arkansas. Dungy from the elbow, got it. Dungy looking for three, got it. Through. Dungy had it, lost it, picked it back up and put it in. Yeah, we're going to talk a bit of basketball, a bit of women's basketball now, and there it is, uh, Chelsea Dungy. She is the second import, I think I'm right in saying, for the Brydons. Sydney Uni Flames this year, joining Steph Watts, um, and Chelsea was a late injury replacement for uh, Leona Odom, I believe. Now, the season, I'm pretty sure, gets underway next weekend, and the Brydons Sydney Uni Flames will take on Canberra next Sunday, the 5th of December. And Chelsea joins us on the line. Chelsea, thanks for taking a bit of time out. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm really well. We're a bit wet in uh, in Sydney right now. Where are you at the moment? I am in um, Sydney, yes. I, um, 
It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where you are. Um, just get yourself a, um, a sat nav or whatever. You'll be you'll be you'll be fine, uh, Chelsea. Tell us a little bit about your background, firstly, if you will. Um, yes, so I went to University of Arkansas for college. Um, I did four years there, and then I recently got drafted to Dallas. Um, and I played my rookie year, um, yeah, in Dallas. And then I ended up going to Turkey to play overseas and mm. for Deontay Ryan. And it just didn't work out. It wasn't a good fit for me. So I ended up in um, Sydney playing for the Flames, and I'm excited to be here. You, uh, you, you, no doubt have heard in recent years. Um, you know the men's uh, NBL. It's it's going from strength to strength, and we've had a lot of um, young players coming over here and then going back and and making it big on on the NBA scene as well. Uh, are you hoping that the the women's NBL mm-hmm. can be equally as successful in the years to come? Absolutely. Um... You know, we have a couple draft picks on the team this year, and I'm excited to play with, you know, Steph and Shiloh, but absolutely, that's, that's the goal. Shyla Heal, uh, Steph Watts. So I'm right, I'm reading some of these notes here. So the Flames, you guys have got three of the top ten in last year's draft. So it's, it's shaping up yeah. to be a pretty handy-looking squad. <laughs> For sure. I, I, you know, you listen well. I think this would be my third week over, but... Um, you know, I'm learning to play, fitting in well. Um, yeah, it should be an exciting season. We have a lot of up-tempo, a lot of talented players, you know, besides us three. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good season, a good team. And uh, I'm excited. I'm talking to Chelsea Dungey, um, one of the big, big names joining the Sydney Uni Flames in the women's NBL, which starts all next weekend. And uh, done a bit of research on you, Chelsea. Now, you are sponsored by Michael Jordan's own personal Jumpman 23 brand. So what that basically means is you don't have to pay for your shoes. <laughs> no, I don't. I get quite... <laughs> Quite a few, um, you know, that was a blessing. As a kid, you know, I loved Jordan. That was my favorite shoe. And, um, you know, it's just crazy how it's come full circle. But, yes, um, yes, I am. <laughs> I get a lot of gifts. Handy having some um, knowing people in high places, literally. So you're also wearing jumper number uh, 23? Yes, I am. My um, original number in college and in Dallas is 33, mm. but it was taken. So I thought it would be fitting to wear 23 this year. Absolutely. Now, uh, social media, you're pretty big on that. And I, I think you have got more, uh, more followers <laughs> than, than any other player, not just at the flames, but at the Sydney Kings as well. <laughs> they told me that. that that's funny. But, um, you know, social media can be used for good things, but, I don't pay too much attention to it. I will take a couple extra followers if you want to shout out my uh, Instagram handles. But, yeah, what is it? What uh, is it? <laughs> we can give that a plug. What's it's that? underscore Chelsea Dungey. Underscore Chelsea Dungey. Okay. I made and it real easy. What am I going to see on there? Is it just going to be basketball stuff or is it going to be uh, other stuff? Learn a little bit more about you. Oh, you know, mainly basketball. That's who I am, my identity. But I have a few extra pictures. I like doing some modeling on the side. You might see a couple extra things. Okay. Well, so what, away, <laughs> from, away from basketball, what you know, what sort of stuff are you interested in, Chels? 
Um, I'm a real outdoors person, so um, you know, Sydney's uh, real fitting for me. But I like to be outdoors. I like to do modeling. I like photography. Just things outdoors. Have you seen much of of Sydney or or New South Wales or Australia yet? Um, I've only been here about three weeks, but I've been trying to get out. Uh, the team took me out to the Opera House, and we did the bridge climb uh, a couple of days ago. So that was um, that was interesting. It was fun, a little scary, but. I'll get out and do more as I'm here. Yeah, look, I tell you what, if you like the outdoors, and it sounds like you do, there's some really beautiful national parks you want to go to as well, you know, in, in Sydney, sort of not too far away. Um, get yourself up too, if I might suggest, up around Pittwater and Karingai National Park and all that sort of stuff, some brilliant walks and some breathtaking um, waterways. So you've got lots to look forward to, other than obviously what you're here for, and, and that is hopefully to win a title for um, the Sydney Uni Flames in the, the women's NBL, and uh, it all kicks off next weekend. So you open with a double header at Kudos Bank Arena. That is next Sunday, the 5th of December, uh, up against the arch rivals, the UC yeah. Capitals. Um, expecting a big crowd there, I imagine, for a double header. Yes, I'm excited. I think it's awesome that we get to play, you know, double headers with the men's. That bring in, you know, extra crowd that some people might not have thought to watch and stick around. But I think that the more, you know, ICC, the the growth of our program will continue to, you know, head in the right direction. But I'm excited. Mm. Um, I think that's an awesome opportunity for men and women. And, yeah, I can't wait. Can I ask you, Chelsea, um, the lure, it's a big it's a big move for you to move on the, to the other side of the world. And uh, has the reputation of, of, of Aussie basketball in recent years, was that sort of, th- that was in your mind when you made the trip that you thought, you know, things are moving in the right direction down there. Why don't I go and do this and give it a, give it a try? Absolutely. You know, um, it is across the world. The time difference is, is quite different. But, um, you know, I'm under a great coach. You know, and I think he's going to do great things here. Um, you know, there's a lot of great basketball players out here, so to uh, push me to be the best player that I can be. So, yeah, I looked into it, and I thought it would be a good fit for me. And I'm reading here, uh, they've already, you've already got a new nickname, okay? Uh, it's it's Crocodile Dungee. <laughs> huh? You like that? <laughs> I, I do. The funny thing is, um, as a kid, I love animals. Like I said, I like to be outdoors. And I used to watch Crocodile Dundee. It was one of my favorite things. I used to race home and watch it. And to be able to have that nickname, I actually really, really like that. I I love it. I think it's brilliant. I really do. And I was going to ask you, have you seen the Crocodile (laughs) Dundee films? But obviously you have. They were... A uh, couple of classics. Well, Chelsea, yeah. th- mate, thanks for joining us. Um, you have got so, so much to look forward to in this country. Welcome to our shores, and uh, we look forward to seeing uh, the best of Crocodile Dungee in the women's NBL. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and thanks for having me. Great stuff. There she is. Uh... Chelsea Dungey. And, you know, I haven't watched a whole lot of women's, uh, the WNBL. I'll put my hand up and I haven't seen a whole lot of it. But it's great to see that we, we are getting more and more bigger names being attracted to the code. And I think that does um, come on the back of uh, of what's happened in recent years with with the NBL, the, the men's NBL. Um, and it seems to be working very much in tandem with the NBA. And people are coming out here in their prime or even 
young rookies are coming here in the in the NBA NBL and and heading back and, and making it big time over there. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Chris. No, yeah. you, 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 you yeah. love your basketball yeah. too, don't you? Yes, I do, Chris. And it's just like with the college players in the um, NCAA, they don't – because they get more recognition because it's on prime time in the States, like on ESPN and mm. all that. I pr- like I like the young kids that are testing themselves down, like in Australia or in Europe, because mm. – how do you say? Because you're playing against your own age – in college basketball. So you're probably versing another 18 year old versus another 18 year old. What they do, like what the NBL is doing with these next stars program is they're flying the best young guys from America and they are let, and Mm. they're letting them battle it out. So we can go with LaMelo ball. Who's doing outstanding things for the Mm. Charlotte Hornets. So this next stars program, the way that the WNBL and the NBL is, Mm. is, is rising up. So yeah. we do have a good league in this country. And it's getting stronger every day, isn't it? 0457 736 736 is the text line. We were talking about Canterbury Bulldogs uh, changing uh, subjects rather swiftly and the number of players they've got coming to the club in the coming years. Um, and Reed Marnie is the, the, the most recent of the signings for 2023. It really is going to be a star-studded roster. They've obviously already got Josh Adokar for, for next year and some others as well. Uh, Timmy, the tool man's been uh, tuning in. Um, you forgot to mention Dylan Napa. Uh, he's gone off to France, uh, apparently with uh, the old halfback in, in crime, Mitchell Pierce, to go and eat frog, frog's legs and, and, and snails. I think escargot, I think they're called, Tooley. Escargot, the snails over there. Yeah, um, so Dylan's gone, but I don't. I think Dylan, we'd seen the best of Dylan, hadn't we? I think we've, we've seen the best of, of him and didn't really get what they wanted out of Dylan in the, the latter years there at the Dogs. As a Dogs fan, this is Toolman. I'm very excited about the uh, the next few years uh, for the Dogs of War, the Toolman. Well, I reckon if anyone can get that back to the club is is their former man. Uh, Gus Gould is back there um, and he's had a lot of success in years gone by, hasn't he, at, um, at Canterbury, at Belmore. Now, also, uh, we'll take a break shortly, but uh, this text here, and um, I'm glad you've pointed this out to me. Uh, Chris is uh, the texter. Um, G'day, Chris. Doing a great show. On a sad note, can't believe it's been seven years to the day, 27th of November, uh, that we lost uh, Philip Joel Hughes. Um, Yeah, baggy green, uh, 408. Forever missed and never forgotten. No, you're right. We might uh, we might do a bit of a bit of a tribute, a special remembrance of Phil Hughes uh, when we return. Keep the text messages coming through. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Or if you want to jump on the line and have a chat, you can. Uh, the number is one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. And coming up to sixteen past two, I tell you what, there's a lesson to be learnt there. And I was just trying to grab a bit of a sandwich there in that in that commercial break. But I haven't finished um, all of it. No. That's the tough part, yeah. It's like you want to eat quickly something on the go and you just go, oh, oh what do mm. I do here? Do I take one more bite or do I We're just... We're good to go now. Yep. one three hundred oh one eleven. Well, we've got a man's got to eat. Yes, that's right? true. That's true. So if you're on here from midday till three... You've got to find During break. that three-hour period is lunchtime, mm. a thing called lunchtime. Mm. And our breaks are four or five minutes... Mm. So, you know, and it's not good for the digestion, is it? Sort of to rush it through. Um, anyway, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. Jim is on the line, our good friend Jim. How are you, mate? Oh, good, Chris. Uh, as Hoss Cartwright said, there's nothing wrong with eating. 
Uh, Chris <laughs> Phil Hughes died this day. God be with him. Yes. I did my operation on my knees. 2010, they put steel in my knees. You know, I had no more kneecaps. It's still killing me. It's 11 years on. Yeah, yeah um, our memories. I heard you say... On, we touched on that earlier. Um, yeah. God rest his soul. Yeah, he's a good bloke. He's a good, good bloke. Parramatta, um, Jim. What I want to Parama- speak... Parama- yeah, Parramatta. We, we spoke about that. You with... said, why isn't, Par- why isn't Parramatta won the comp since 86? Yep. The answer is Ray Price. Ray Price was like a machine. You know, he's still going, Ray Price. I'd sign him up. He's better than the bunch they've got now. Oh, gee, that's a, that's a big call. Now, now that, those as, players as are all leaving, Chris. Uh, as much as I love Pricey, I, I don't think Pricey is, is, is up to it these days, Jim. No, but just put him on for inspiration. Um, they, they're, they're all leaving Parramatta. Uh, at least Mustache stayed. He likes the area. Yes. Uh, Moses, they've got Moses there. It was easy for him to part the Red Sea, but it would take a miracle for him to uh, win the con for Parramatta. You might be right. You might be right, although I think now, he had his oh, best season oh, yet last year. Yeah. Now, this Shane Warne, he's, he's got something against Steve Smith and Warner. They're roosters. So you've got to have them in the team. Smith should have been captain. You know, he, they never did nothing wrong. That Shane Warne, he's got this thing sticking in his core, Chris. I'm telling you, he was never made Australian captain. Yeah, and well, it hurts him. The, you know, he's not the only one that, for some reason, does not want Steve Smith back in the captain's yeah, position. No, everyone wants Steve. Everyone loves Steve Smith. Who doesn't love the Roosters? They're Roosters. Him and Warner. Look, they won the T20. He bagged them. He never congratulated them when they won. Mm. I, keep I know they beat the Kiwis. It wasn't much. They're not much, but you know. Oh, hang on. It was a fair effort. He's got this thing, you know, I, I, Shane Warne. He's got the, oh, he wanted to be captain. Everyone was made captain except him. Now, you're from Canada, Jim. Now, the Bulldogs. Oh, yeah, the Bulldogs. Hey? Yes. Yeah, the Bulldogs. How many players they signed and they've signed about 200? Are they under the salary cap? Are they over the salary cap? No. No, I mean under the salary cap. Yes, they are. But this is for 2023. They are. This is for 2023 we're talking about. And they've got about... Oh, about 700000 left to spend on about probably a dozen players or more, 15 players or more. So it's going oh, to be God. slim pickings for those left that haven't already been yeah. signed. But, but I think they've already got about 22 players, I think, actually. 22 players might be signed for 2023. Jeez. Mm. Look, I'll tell you what, Chris. If they ever win the comp, I'll get married. Okay. I won't advise that. And but... I'll marry Marie Sharapova. That's better. Now we're talking, Jim. Yeah. Now you're starting to talk yeah, my Because talk my I like someone that enjoys herself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's for the only reason. Yeah. Jim, thanks for your call, mate. I uh, appreciate it. Get on the uh, get on the Al Capone anytime. There he is, Jimmy, talking about uh, Shane Warne. He's no real fan of him. Um, Parramatta, he wants Ray Price to come back to Parramatta, Mr. Perpetual Motion. And uh, Canterbury... He's, he's asking, have they got a, a salary sombrero for next year? Well, I don't think... I think they're, they're obviously working under the cap for next season. The year after that, they have already spent a real lot of money on some big-name players to come to the club. And as I was saying, uh, there's not much left. Uh, not much left for them to fill their roster in 2023. And, and those that now join the queue... Um, well, they'll be on almost minimum minimum wage, you, you would have thought. Um Phil Hughes, yeah, to this day, we, we got that text earlier on. Um, and it's, you know, I can't believe it. It's been, uh, it's been seven years, uh, seven years uh, to the day. Um, during the week on Drive, Andrew Webster, 
who is a part of the the stable here at SEN, Sydney Morning Herald as well, and uh, he's written a few good books. Um, he actually penned um, my old man's um, book, uh, The Voice, Raps, uh, a few years ago, and uh, he's got a he's got a real art with the pen. As Andrew Webster, his latest book is titled "If These Walls Could Talk," and it's about all some memorable, memorable moments at the Sydney Cricket Ground over the years. And I think the last chapter is uh, actually devoted to Phil Hughes. He spoke on Drive during the week. We'll be on a serious note, mate. Uh, the Phil Hughes incident that that must have been pretty tough to cover. It was it was Finchy. I. I... We struggled with whether this should be the last chapter or not, but I thought it was really important to end the book this way. It was such a significant moment. I, I covered the, I covered his death, I covered yep. his funeral, and I covered mm. the work. The hardest part for me was to cover the the inquest into uh, his death and to see how, just how traumatic that was for his family sitting in the front row of that that inquest. It was really really tough to watch, but. Just as it was, just as it was, like the Sydney Cricket Ground is the place that they lost their great mate. It's also the place where they remember him. Mm. There's that beautiful bronze plaque outside the Australian dressing room that they all touch every time they go out to play, and it's where they feel like they have a connection with him. I interviewed Warner and, and Clark for that chapter, and they just talk about how it's a, the Sydney Cricket Ground was always a special place for them, but even more so because it's basically a shrine to their their late mate. Yeah, and it was, uh, you know, it, it rocked the world, didn't it? Rocked the world. Phil Hughes, um, just bloody awful. Bloody awful. You never, never know, do you? You just never, never know what's around the corner. And he would have gone there on that day. And um, seven years ago, our, our memory, memories of Phil Hughes uh, with, the, with the Hughes family to this day, seven long years ago, uh, we, lost a, we lost a champion, 408. Uh, Philip Hughes, rest in peace. 27 minutes past two o'clock. Hope you're well out there. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're enjoying uh, your Saturday um, afternoon. It's bloody awful though out there. And, uh, well, I guess you could just snuggle up on the lounge and watch a good old flick on on Netflix or something like that. Um, you might be out. You might have gone to the cinema. You might have taking your kids to uh, indoor bowls. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's different, though. Wet weather rules. What are some of the wet weather rules? Things you might do when it's just peeing down rain and like it is now. You might allow yourself to let yourself go with the diet. You might just munch on hot chips with salt and vinegar and a nice burger. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking, aren't we? I don't know. Uh, let me know. What are some of the rules when uh, when it's when it's raining like it is outside? We're going to talk some boxing now and a very, very big fight on tomorrow. And George, ferocious George Cambosis Jr. will take on Teofimo Lopez in New York. And Lopez, the American, he's unbeaten. Uh, many say that Cambosis will have to be very, very lucky if he's to win this one. I thought I'd get someone on the line that knows a lot more about boxing than I do. He happens to ser- to share the same surname as me. His name is Mark Warren of the... Where's he from? This, this is Rocked. Yeah, this is Rocked. So that's the podcast that Mark Warren is in charge of. Good afternoon, Mark. Nah, he's gone. He's gone. He's been knocked out, knocked off the block. This is rocked. I reckon this is your problem. I reckon JP on the panel is, he's stuffed up again here, JP, for sure. 
we might try and get him back on the line and uh, you can work out what button you're pushing over there. Um, but Lopez, um, he's a cocky customer. You may have seen some of the the build-up. Uh, the fight will be in New York. Um, George Cambosis. So it's finally his chance after a long, long path for, for George, a shot at a world title. And it's probably gone under the radar a little bit too. We've all been... You know, in recent months, we've been caught up with the fanfare around Tim Zoo, and rightly so, 20-0. We've also been caught up with the success um, of a former rugby league player, now a, um, a bona fide boxer in Paul Gallen. These are some of the stories that maybe have sidetracked our attention a little bit away from George Cambosis, because what he's about to try and achieve is quite remarkable. Are you there, Mark? Mark from Rocked Podcast. No. All right. Well, it's gone down like a, a lead balloon. Unfortunately, I, I do apologise for that. We'll we'll keep trying. Uh, we'll keep trying with him. Uh, we might try and um, try on a maybe on a, another line. But this fight, I'm just trying to work out the time too for Cambosis v uh, Lopez. Uh, they're saying tomorrow morning, uh, our time in New York. Basically, though, so Lopez, um, this is a unified lightweight world championship fight. If our boy, George, can knock off Lopez. Well, he'll take all of his belts and become the undisputed champion. The undisputed champion, and this is reading what George has had to say, this is not a circus of events. This is uh, the major leagues, and I go down as a global superstar. Um, straight into the Hall of Fame when I win. So our boy's confident too, George Cambosis Jr., We'll try one more time, and then we might give the uh, the count. Are you there, Mark Warren from Rock Podcast? No. All right. Well, that didn't work as planned, did it? Some things go according to plan. Some things don't. One more time for good measure? No. He's gone. He's out of here. Oh, dear. Uh, never, never mind. Uh, the best plan. Sometimes they come falling down, crashing down, um, in a heap. Rooster Man's been on uh, on the text line. Ideal Sunday at the moment, listening to SEN. Well, Rooster, you're ahead of yourself, brother. It's Saturday, I'm sure. It was Saturday this morning when I came in. But Ideal Sunday, listening to SEN and the rain, having a cold beer and watching the V8 slide around um, the track. That sounds like one from, from last week. That was last week, Chris. Well, what's this doing here? Who dragged that across? I thought I heard some heavy breathing there. Is that Mark from the Rock Podcast? Is he back on now? No, I don't think so. Or is so. that you? No, no, that's probably my heavy breathing, Chris. I'm sorry about that. Oh, that's all right. He sent me through a couple of messages. He's, he's clearly not. Uh, um, uh, please tell the audience it's not me at your end. <laughs> okay. Well, I will. It's not you. It's it's us. He can hear us perfectly. But for some reason, we haven't been able to patch him through. But um, you guys keep working on that. That's a technical department. Nothing to do with me. My job, and not that I've got a job description, is to come in here and talk generally about sport and to sort of interact with the listening audience. So keep those text messages coming through 0457 736 736. That is the, the text line. If you do want to jump on the open line, uh, if it works, if it works is 1300 01 1170. You know, in baseball, uh, three strikes and you're out. We're going to give, we're going to give it a fourth swing. I'm going to have one fourth swing at this. And if this doesn't work, I'm going to walk out the door. Mark Warren from Rocked Podcast. Are you there, brother? 
I'm here. Oh, my Lord. Thank Brit, God. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. here. No, I'm here too. Throw me a life raft, will you? I'm drowning. Well, I'm here. <laughs> Good. This fight, right? And we touched on it. We're oh, so we're on air now, are we? We oh, are on it. I hope so, yeah. Well, no, I've been listening to you count me out, Chris, and I'm just sitting here talking to the phone, but somehow mm. the phones are failing us at your end today. I just want to make that position clear if I could. Oh, I've pointed that out. It's not your fault. The blood pressure. The blood pressure was going up. Don't worry about it. Okay. Not, not your, not your fault. Right. right, so relax. Right, just before you talk boxing, just before you, can we go a bit random? No. Um, if we have go to. Go a bit random. You are talking soccer earlier. Um, you mm. mentioned some great dignitaries. In, in Laurie McKenna and Georgie Arnold, my time up on the Central Coast. And I think there's a parallel there for rugby league. Graham. The Central. Georgie. Rather, Graham, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, there's a parallel there for rugby league. Uh, the Central Coast Mariners uh, were very much adopted by the Central Coast because of that mm. name. And they were embraced by rugby league and sports lovers. Big time. And that goes for rugby league if you go to the Central Coast. I'm sorry, North Sydney but it has to be Central Coast. It's all about the Central Coast, and that's how it is. They're in an unfortunate position being a rugby league pocket, aren't they? Because you can take any game there now at the NRL and you pack out Central Coast Stadium. Mm. No, you do. No, it's it's a shame. It's a shame, isn't it? Uh, The Central Coast rugby league-wise really did get lost, and there seemed to be the cash. Singo was was, was behind it. They had the stadium. But for whatever reason, it, it, it never got going. But the Mariners, I mean, yeah. they are still work yeah. in progress, but they've had a lot of, oh. lot of success in their formative years. Yeah. And, and Graham Arnold, you know him pretty well. I think oh. you've even blown the top off a couple of schooners, haven't you, around Terrigal with him? Oh, regularly, regularly. Mm. And, and, and spent a manly Melbourne Storm Grand Final at his beautiful Womberall residence at the time with his lovely partner. And he's a Mad West Tigers fan. And Is he? he yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you what else he loves. He loves boxing. And right. so he liked me because I didn't talk soccer. So um, All sense. We, we became, yeah, he's a champion <laughs> bloke. Yeah, I hope you have him on. I hope you have him on one afternoon. He, he I heard Adam call him a man manager. He nailed mm. it. He nailed it. He's very much out of the Jack Gibson mold and the Wayne Bennett mould. He's a, mm. a superstar coach and no, a very humble man. Well, I look forward to, I've never met Graham. I look forward to having, having him on the show at some point. Um, right, out, let's let's talk boxing then. How big is this fight? And, and and it probably has slipped under the radar, you know, for for not mainstream boxing fans. But I was just saying earlier, a lot of the attention has been on sort of Tim Zoo, hasn't it? But but this fight is 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 bigger than big. It's massive. It's massive. The man that he's, I mean, he's getting in the ring at the in the mecca of world boxing. Madison Square Garden, New York City, that hosted the fight of the century, the original fight between Ali and Frazier. He gets in, he's swimming with a killer shark on foreign soil as he dances under the bright lights against the pound-for-pound megastar Teofimo Lopez, the takeover. And, you know, we just dropped rocks yesterday. We go micro on George Cambosis Jr., and where his mindset is. And we're, com- we're quietly confident he's, peak- he's in peak condition mm. between the years and physically. He's, he's working the pad brilliantly with Mickey Ackerway, who's, who's fantastic to have him there. But he's going to have to believe all that confidence and all that hype that he's been talking because it's going to be a lonely place tomorrow in New York City. A win by Cambosis, and he'll... well. Mm. If you like the castle, he'll need a bigger pool room. 
because he's going to have to display the WBA, the IBF, the WBO, and Ring Magazine lightweight titles. Not many have done that. Very very respectfully, perhaps the biggest upset in Australian sport, and definitely, respectfully to Jeffrey, definitely the biggest achievement in Australian boxing. Mm. Uh, Billy Dibb, who you speak to regularly, has said, Mark, if he concentrates for 12 rounds and is punch perfect, he can do this. One slip and it's lights out. Mm. He's done it the hard way, Cambosis. And, oh. and, it's, oh. and, and probably be one of the reasons we haven't been talking his name is because it's all, it's all yeah. been offshore, hasn't it? He's, he's earned yeah. his shot, um, yeah. I think, seven, uh, the past seven he of those a, wins on the road. Yeah. He did it a different way. He did it a different way. Very much Robbie Peden type journey. Very much a Michael Katsidi's journey, one of the greats. But they, they got straight into the deep end. He cleared out the backyard and he started fighting out of the UK, Great Britain and America. He has sparred hundreds and hundreds of rounds with another superstar by the name of Manny Pacquiao. Mm. Uh, he's, he's, he's trained with some of the best of the best. He's trained with Justin Fortune. And the list goes on. His training camps are based... Uh, where the Everest of boxing is, and that's the United States of America. Mm. I, wow. I just I, Look, when Jeff Horn travelled to fight Terence Crawford, I was there at ringside, and as an Australian, you can't help it. You start to want to believe. Mm. And then on that night, you see Bud Crawford, and uh, the rest is history. But right now, I'm, mm. I'm wanting to believe. I'm wanting to believe. He hasn't fought for a while. Lopez, I think, it was last October. But as you say, he's, he, he's unbeaten. And uh, that was a, was a short... Well, that was he, uh, beat Lomachenko. He did the impossible. Yeah. Um, he, beat, he beat number nine pound for pound in the world, Vaseli Lomachenko. Who, mm. People just said, that can't happen. And he took all of... He took Loma's straps. He took them all. Um, and now, now Cambosis can take all of his straps, maybe. I'm, I'm reading here and some are saying George will need a miracle. I think so. You're mm. stealing lines off Dad? <laughs> no. I'm reading... That's not a try, that's a miracle? Yeah. No, not no. that, no. I was just reading some of this, this article here by Brent Reid, actually, in the Daily Telegraph. And Good the journalist. Odds, Good the, journalist. The odds yeah. are not really in uh, in George's favour by, by I'm reading all this, but he's very confident. He's very confident. Oh, absolutely. And you've got to be, Chris. You've got to have, I'll, I'll say it respectfully, you've got to have so much hype and believe the hype and so much ego in this game at that level. And mm. George has got it. I watched the weigh-in. He looks great. He looks edgy. Lomachenko looks like he's going for a walk in the park, to mm. be honest. Totally disrespectful to the Australian camp and told them in no uncertain terms. Um, so, look, he's in the deep end. He's in with a killer. Is he prepared? Absolutely. Have they postponed this Six times he's lost mm. his grandfather and had a had a baby, a birth of a baby in the interim, and now gets this fight. Uh, you can watch the fight on the zone. Good little app for four bucks a month. Good, good app. Good little plug. That's a good little plug. Good little plug for the well, zone. Well, I like the plug. Well, I know all of this because JJ Rocker from Sydney City Toyota. There's another plug. Yep. He he set me up with the zone. Little JJ plug. And uh, he yeah yeah and so. JJ was was with me earlier in the week doing rocks and podcast um, we also plug. talk yeah the podcast this is rocks. Rocks. Mm. 
it's out now, all platforms. We also talked Terence Bud Crawford, and he puts uh, any questions on his CV to rest with a 10th round knockout win over the former two-time world champion, Sean Showtime Porter, who was absolutely brilliant. And then in the, at the end of the ninth, Crawford's corner said, you are behind on the card. And that was the end of Crawford, down twice in round 10. Crawford's corner threw in the towel. His father, Kenny, Kenny uh, Porter, rather. And, uh, and he was very... I, I thought his father was appalling post-fight when they asked him, uh, why did you throw the towel? And he very bluntly said that my son didn't do the preparation that the I prep. wanted. No, mm. I, I, I thought it was disgraceful. But now poses the question. I mean, Canelo Alvarez is certainly the biggest star in boxing, but is Crawford pound for pound number one? That's a call for you guys, really. Well, um, George Jones- Cambosis, mate, he can make. He, we're going to take a break shortly, but he can he can make his mm. own very very big headlines if if he can upset Tiafimo Lopez tomorrow. Mark Warren from Rock Podcast, and if you want to learn, go and listen to Rock Podcast. Don't do it now because I'm on air and I'd like you listening yeah, to this. That's right. But go in your own right. quiet time on a rainy day and have a listen to Rock Podcast. Some good work on there. Tiafimo Lopez v George Cambosis Jr. on DAZN. It's saying they're saying tomorrow morning, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be in the afternoon. Surely. I reckon you're right. I reckon you're right because I've got the world clock yeah. on my phone. As we don't, we don't want to lose you again here, but the world clock. Vegas is easy. It's um, it's twenty. It's 20 to 8. This fight on, in New York, on, though. This fight's in New yeah, York. Yeah, yeah, I know. And right now, it's 20 to 11 in New York City. So there's a 16-hour gap. I reckon this fight will get underway about 12 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, perhaps. All right. All right. And I think Billy Dib might he might even come into the studio, actually, and uh, huh? jump, jump into the ring here and, and watch the fight if, wow. we, if we can. Yeah. All right. Mark wow. Warren, thanks for joining us. I'll, I'll get back to Rose Hill. They've got the, they've got the floaties on. Uh, oh, I bet the they surf, is the surf carnival on tomorrow? I got the boys. Is, is the surf uh, carnival? On we tomorrow? will know in a couple of hours. I don't think so. It's monstrous out there. Mm. Don't okay. think so. I'll All get right. my people to talk to your people. There he is, Mark <laughs> Warren from Rocked Podcast. Stick around. This is Sports this is Rocked. Jeez, that scared me. It's seventeen minutes to three o'clock. You bet it is Sports Central, and you know what? It'll be Sports Central for another seven minutes or so. And then we'll uh, hand over the reins. We've got some uh, soccer coming up. Um, Matildas. Matildas. Against the US out at Acor Stadium, Chris. Against the Septics. What do you Can't think? Can't really call them that, can we? Well, uh, so I'm pretty sure the Matildas have only won one out of their last 31 games against the US. Yep. That'd be right. Something like that. But Sam Kerr's playing. And Sam Kerr's actually playing against her partner who plays in the US side. I know. That's where it gets interesting, doesn't it? Yeah. That, it's Do you reckon they sort of... Okay, would Sam take it a little bit easier or vice versa or be added motivation to get get well, one up on us? You know, when you're playing back mm. in your days, playing against mates, you go that little bit harder, don't you? Mm. I don't know. Really? Mm. Yeah, maybe. Mates. Never played against a... Anyway. Friend. <laughs> a friend uh, of Chris. Daniel from Prairiewood has been in touch. Uh, boys, he says, uh, G'day, Chris and fellas. As a Storm fan and member, I'm not surprised to see... Uh, Felice Kafusi uh, depart Melbourne for the Dolphins. Kafusi will be 31 in 2023 with his best football probably behind him. Storm didn't get in a bidding war to retain an ageing Dale Finucane or Felice Kafusi um, on the back of securing a younger Christian Welch. Uh, attention seems to be turning to retaining Brandon Smith. I hope that is the case anyway for the Storm's sake. 
I don't think Brandon Smith will be retained. No. Um, the Storm. Daniel from Prairie Wood. The Storm rarely get it wrong recruitment-wise. I know. They always, it seems they always make the right decision. And if they think letting mm. go of Felice Kafusi and Dale Fanuk, and I'll back them into that. But yeah, me too. I, I just, the thing we'll come down to is Brandon Smith wants to play nine. It looks like Harry Grant is going to be the Melbourne Storm number yep. nine going forward. Yep. If they can somehow get in his ear and say, please, mate, we need you to stay, play 13, and you can be a Stormer nah. for life. No, he won't. doesn't want to play 13. I, I just felt, and I, and I was talking to Finchie about this yesterday, when Brandon Smith went off, it sort of seemed like the Storm lost their head a little bit. He's an inspirational leader on the field. He was field, their best player this year. By far. And you hmm. take that guy out of your team, the mood goes down. When you need someone to make a big play, whether that be a good run or a good tackle, he won't be there. I, I just think he'll stay. Well, he's there next year. Yep. You think he'll stay in twelve? I don't. They can't. I've, I've been saying this for a year that you cannot have the luxury of a Harry Grant and a Brandon Smith taking up two place place in your seventeen and a a shed load. I was going to swear there a, sh- a shed load of uh, your salary cap. I guess Harry Grant though he's what only one season, two seasons into his NRL career. Brandon Smith's been around for a while, so he could sort of develop into that number one, number nine that I think Brandon Smith is at the moment for the Storm. Mm. Thoughts, mate? Roosters. Roosters. Mm. That'd be great for the Roosters. I know they've put their chips in on Sam Verrills. They don't often miss. They don't? Well, he sort of came back from that eye injury. Sam hasn't hasn't come back from no. the knee problems that he's had like they would have hoped. Jake's gone, friend, obviously. Um, they went through about a, a 101 hookers there this year, didn't they? Yeah, Freddie Lussick. They're going to call was, me up. Yeah, Marshke was there too. <laughs> but yes. I, I mean, they signed New Brown to North Sydney who could maybe plug a utility hole for them. But Drew Hutchinson. Farmer Brown. Yeah, he's back at the uh, North Sydney Bears. He's been training with the Roosters in preseason. Yeah, right, right. So Gee, from the uh, under-20s Cronulla days, yeah, Nick Davis earlier was talking about how Val Holmes and New Brown used to practice kicking together. Mm. So there's a New bit of Brown, no, that. I remember him coming onto the scenes. I'd, he sort of drifted off. He went over to England. So he's just come back from England. Right. So hopefully... Do you know what club he was playing with over there? No, I don't. I think it was a Div 2 side, though. Yeah. Oh, Div 2. So that's about a fourth tier. No, championship. Yes. Oh, okay. Second second tier. All right. Now, listen, um, I mean, for those that don't know you, I'm talking to the Gibbo, right? This this guy, he, he runs the show Drive uh, with Joel and Fletch. He's pretty much the, the central cog. Uh, Brooks, he sort, of, he sort of appears to be the boss of the show, but I know how much hard work and grind you do. Thank you, Chris. I'll pay you later. Yeah, but those that don't know what you look like, well, I'm just trying to draw the picture. Yeah, the silver. You got the mo. You got the moustache. You've got the long hair, uh, the honey badger type look I've described you as before. And that hair, it's it's sort of auburn. It's it's not red. It's not ginger. It's an auburny type colour. Matches the moustache. But you're a big surfer. You could be pictured you seeing you walking up the Corso, manly. Yeah. You know, board under arm, no yeah. shoes on. I tend to steer clear of the Corso, but yeah, I don't mind surfing. And oh, you've spent time on the Corso. You've spent your Many nights, I reckon, on that course, though. No, I don't. No? I'm a Harbord Hilton man. Hopefully, Stats is listening out there. I'm a big Harbord Hilton fan and mm. uh, Harbord Bowling Club. There you go. Ching, ching. Plug. My God. Yeah, I, some... I was listening to your brother, and I thought, man, I've got to come in here and start getting Plug some it. money well, what, from somewhere. Yeah, and then just record it and then play it to the bartender when you go to the, Har- the Hilton later on. Absolutely. Surfing on a serious note, the World Surf League, it's had a bit of a shake-up, um, a new format, if you like. So there's been a qualifying um, series going on for some time now. The last qualifying event is happening now in right Hawaii. Now. Exactly right. And 
there's sort of been a changing in the guard in surfing with Australia. We've had, you know, the guys like Mick Fanning, Taj Burrow, Joel Parkinson, guys like that. They've all sort of retired and we're still sort of waiting for our next young guns to come through. And I think it might be this year, Chris. The last mm. event's over in Haliever at the moment. I think there's about eight. Why Aussies. haven't I heard of that place before? Haliever? I'm mm. not too sure. No, okay. Mustn't be a, you mustn't be well, no, reading I Getaway or no, well, I haven't heard of it. Haven't heard of it. But anyway, so we got we got six guys who are in the mix. They're all youngsters. Australia at the moment, unfortunately, isn't doing so well on the men's side of things. Brazil has sort of come up recently and they mm. occupy most of the spots on tour. So I wonder the, why that is. Why is that? I have a we've, theory. we've had it pretty good for a while. Always got, we've always had guys in contention. I think that is because in Australia, you don't have to be a competitive surfer. If you're a really good surfer, you can get paid pretty good money just to be a free surfer. So you put out videos, yeah. you know, do shoots for your, your sponsor, where in places like Brazil, it's not really like that. And you've got to compete. And the only way you're going to make money is by competing on the world tour. I also think when we had... Our gun surfers, they were from Coolangatta, mm. which is a pretty rough part of town. Your Joels, your Mick, your Dingo Morrisons, people who are living on the beaches now, we've, we've sort of lost that roughness, oh. maybe not on the central coast. And I, and I think there's something in that. Oh, Whereas okay. Brazil, they fight and they scrap for everything. All right. So there's your theory. That's my theory. But we've got a, a number of young guys coming through. Yeah. Um, who are some of the names we should be looking out Connor for? Conor O'Leary from Cronulla to Byron Bay. Ryan Cullen, Ryan. He's, he's on the main tour. So we've got yep. Liam O'Brien from Burley, Callum Robson from Evanshead, Jacko ba- Baker from Merriweather, and Geordie Lawler from North Narrabeen. Well, there you go. And Gibbo from uh, the Freshwater Hilton. Thank you for joining the show. And also to Justice of the Peace on, on drums over there. I'm Chris Warren. I'll join you again tomorrow from midday till four. Until then, keep smiling.